XM 105, Sirius 206, the Opie and Anthony Channel. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now.
Okay, let's get down to it, boppers. The Ron and Fez Show on a Friday. It's a little uh, Black Friday that we're doing today. All disco for Sister Disco. Queen of Disco, of course, passed away yesterday. Donna Summer. Somebody said it was because she got the cancer from the 9-11 air. Oh, shit. I saw that on a TV show last night. I didn't know she was the first responder, yeah. but... Maybe she's down there doing a show, maybe? Yes, I, I don't know what she's doing. Doing that disco thing. Uh, but thank God it's Friday, as That's the it. song itself said. That's it, baby. Fun Fridays in a super fun long weekend. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's going to be a super fun long weekend. <laughs> when do we do the three-day weekend? When's that whole fucking memorial gimmick come down? That's next weekend. Oh, that's next weekend. Really? Oh, all right. All right. Even longer fun weekend. Yeah, shit. That starts to be dangerous for you. That starts to get into... <laughs> Can he pull back out of it? Because you got to think of it this way. Hicks's partying is, just figure, you take a, a plane up, yeah. uh, you get to a pretty decent height, and then you point the nose to the ground, fucking gun the engines, and will he pull out in time? Let's go. Let's do it. Fuck uh, that shit. On the uh, popcorn side of things, on the popcorn weekend... <laughs> D five. Uh, it's yeah, it's Battleship, which is probably going to be the biggest movie since Avengers. We're going back that far. That's crazy because Avengers has been dominating. And yeah, Battleship can knock it off. I mean, I heard Rihanna's great in it. Yeah, she's unbelievable. I think there's a bootleg out already of it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I think she's the one to go. I know where they're keeping their aircraft carrier. Oh, shit, that's the most important one. Once yeah. you hit that shit, bam. They're in the corners. They, everyone thinks they're being so... By taking off four corners, they think they're somehow being tricky. They're not. I thought I was a genius, but I put them all together. And just like, no, but, no, no one will figure it out. Yeah, Got until it. they do. And then you're like, what? Wait, how come this doesn't sink? I know, he's stacking those battleships. <laughs> Should have thought this out more. Paulo calling us for battleship today? I think he's seen it. Oh, he's seen everything. Paulo sees it all. He sees it all, he knows it all, and he shares it all. That's the good thing about me. He He's still probably the number one film critic in the, in America, don't you think? If he was bilingual, it could be the world. That's true, but he's not. Like, he could have been in that interview with Peter Burke. Caddyshack was on last <laughs> night, and I stuck around just to see Paulo get pushed to the pool. <laughs> he's a fucking good actor. Yeah. He went in that pool, and I'm like, that fucking guy really didn't know that was coming. He was the only person in the scene in the whole movie not to get a sex scene with Lacey Underalls, which I felt bad about. 
All right, a lot happening up on the iBank today. The Interobang is where we keep our show prep. If you ever want to be part of that, just send uh, stuff that you'd like to hear on the show to the editor at the Interobang. A lot of stuff up there today, including a little clip of the John Irving interview. That ends, uh, that airs Sunday night. And we've got a uh, book to give away on that sign book. Oof. By John Irving, who it just gets more valuable if he passes away. Imagine if you had some signed Donna Summer shit right now. You fucking feel like the man. Yeah, that's like really at that point, it's like getting in uh, very early on Facebook on the IPO. It's only thirty-eight bucks right now. Let's all cash in. Come on. The stock offering yesterday, they raised. I hear upwards of $38,000 for that Facebook. I think it was more than that. They don't make anything. And yet, for some reason, $38,000. That fucking autistic kid is fucking fat-ass wallet today. Oh, no. He's way off the scale. He's not autistic. Um, let's go over to Garth. Garth, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, man, I just want to say thanks for the interrobang, because uh, without that, I wouldn't know that uh, white people are getting, uh, are going down, the number of white people are going down, and, and uh, non-white births are higher than white births. Just fucking cracks me up. Well, first of all, I don't know if we're going down, just the thing is... They're going up. The minorities, I believe for the first time uh, since the original 13 colonies, yeah. uh, minorities outbirth in the honkies... Forget about Whitey. Your time has come and gone. Over. Whitey, you're a T-Rex. There was a time you were at the top. But now, from this point on... White people are so scared of black people. Going old school with that. White people are so scared of black people. Um, that is up on the iBank today. The fact that minorities are now outbirthing. Yeah. Outbirthing... The white people. So that generation born between 2010, 2011 from yeah. the census, once they come into fruition, it's over, baby. They'll, they'll never get the ride I had. The white ride, man. I caught a white wave of just beauty throughout my life. It was almost like when you were born when I was born, uh, born white. It was like being born in a Harvard in a little cap and gown. That's how easy my life has been. The white Sounds ride. Now, the white ride is going way into the white slide is where we are now. And th with that, on top of this new census information, yeah. it's, it's bad news bears. I mean, with all the amount of oxys fucking pumping in everyone's brain. Oh, yeah. And then you have to also look at the white births that a certain percentage of them are gay. So that's also minority. And they're not going to be able to yeah. you know, keep on going the white man. And not all the white births, they, do they even have penises? So that uh, for white, the white man, it minorities us down even more. This 49.6% is down to like, what, 20% at this yeah. point? Wow, we're fucked. Yeah. It's uh, over, dude. This no, sucks. Well, we had it. You know what I mean? You can't get pissed off that the golden age is over when you had one. What sucks is to be born in fucking, I don't know, Uganda or some fucking place like that. Like you're just born inches away from a fucking tiger's mouth. That's that's when your life blows. And, and you're born with AIDS. Uh, so you got AIDS and you're born in a fucking, uh, like a fucking python nest. In the desert, where it's never fucking comfortable. In the desert, you don't remember your name because there ain't no one there going to... You know, name. All right, it is the Ron and Fez show. 
there's a rap song that all the kids are loving right now because it's some kid and he raps in 11 different accents. And I do think this is great because it's like a UN band, but it's all in one kid. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's talent. And there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than saying, hey, these people speak this way. All of them. For a reason, I, they speak. Do we know this baller's name? He seems like he's West Coast, right? Yeah, this kid's this kid's on the fucking West Coast. You know it's, me... uh, it's a Rice. Rice Boy Lou. Right, Rice Boy Lou <laughs> is the fucking best right now. Fuck yeah, Rice Boy. Yeah, Rice Boy's got it all. Let's hear a little bit of him. All right, here we go. Expression for humanity. Now say it like it transcends the barriers of race and nationality. And it speaks for humanity as a whole. Hey, yo, what's up for say? Yo, west sides where I live. Yo, chilling every day. Barbecues in my cleave. Kicking back with some coronas with lime. Oh, Watch the Raiders game on TV whenever it's game time. Gringo's <laughs> always trying to ask me for my green card. Hey, I'm man. just trying to get with the hottie hyena down the boulevard. Oh, Calmate, officer. I don't do civil defiance. Too busy working for my major in political science. Suddenly go to college and be doctor or engineer. We all have <laughs> So we got Mexican, now we're getting the Asian woman. <laughs> Fuck. Clear, get the good job, and then get the white someday. But don't marry the white, black, or brown, and don't be gay. So don't do the drugs, it fuck up your life. I want you to marry the sexy Chinese wife. Sexy. Go to bedroom and make a Chinese son and daughter. And send them to college to go be the doctor. Alright, I wanted to go first, but instead they put me third. Right. I'm the best rapper here, alright? I'm different from the herd. And What's he now? If you fucking went to I think he's too, right? Oh, he's Boston. Oh. He's a asshole. You just say baseball is gay? Ass me and my buddies. Like the crews in my car. Maybe grab a hamburger, then some beers at the bar. You drink beer. I drink vodka like a winner. I eat potato for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I also eat the horse cutlet. Russian. Do I eat fruit or vegetable? Well, not really. Haters, you couldn't even win and fight against my bubble. Alright, you know who's gonna fucking cry about this? Is that fucking Pakistani comic. Oh, Jesus, the guy. Oh, my God. Fucking Ashton Kutcher was yeah. in a shitty commercial. Oh, by the way, I don't think he's Pakistani. I think he's Indian. Thanks for the correction. Jesus Christ. That's, this kid's reaching now. Alright, let's stop it there. He's an Asian kid, and he's doing this rap with all the different accents. Uh, you give him a thumbs up or thumbs down on this, Chris. This kid gets a giant thumbs up. He's wow. hysterical. Oh, wow. You're, and you're a tough... You're a tough judge. I am, I am. But this kid kills it. This kid is some YouTube fucking gold. Fezzy. 
I give him two big thumbs down. Oh. Why? He's just using things like retard and that's gay and everything else. <laughs> Just and that you know, j and putting it under the umbrella of oh, I'm doing a funny rap song. Yes, just, it is a funny rap song. No, he's just he's acting. You, we were like, all we were all laughing because you don't expect to hear a bunch of accents out of a little Asian kid. And well done as well. Yeah, well he done is. accents. Every fucking one of them was right on. He's acting like music brings us all together. It's just an excuse so he can do his stereotype uh, humor. So. That's a good excuse. I don't like it. What's the part you hate? Humor? Uh, I don't like all the stereotyping throughout it. Just for the and then hiding behind the fact of oh, we all have music in our lives. It's the international language. And Cranky doesn't like everyone's fun. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. The international language. What did you do? Watch the end of it. No, he talks about it in the beginning there. I too. wasn't listening to it. Let's I just, just listened to the funny accent part. This kid's great. He is right, though. There is an international language. It's always fucking crazy to me to see the way the Brit kids blow up for Snoop Dogg. Now, like, what the fuck? How do you even understand him? They lose their shit. Everyone loves Snoop Dogg. I don't think anybody thinks that he's uh, fucking serious. Actually, there is only one international language. And uh, that's heroin. And that's something people in every fucking language understand. Everybody likes getting down. Yeah. And they all have their own version. <laughs> they all have their own version. Even like the worst, most fucked up countries got something. Some weird plan yeah. that'll get knock them out. Some old fucking lady's like, here, smoke this. Okay. This is great. Oh, that's fucking funny shit. Uh, James, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, son. I mean, for real now, you started off on the Ron and Ron show as a stereotype of a gay man as the best character. I am a gay uh, man. Yeah, but you wasn't then. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you because you are. I'm criticizing you because of this double standard of you going against this kid now because it's, it's some character. What about like when someone plays like um, Will Ferrell and, and Ron Burgundy? Are you offended by that? I am. I am as a white man. I'm like, he's making fun of white people. And we're, we, our time's running out, so it's Fuck even yeah. more. And I'm fucking not taking any more shit from the man. The minority man who's running this game. Yeah, really? What the fuck? They got all their fucking plans. <laughs> they, it's just we ain't in it. Like, like 15 years from now, it's over. Like, Well, look here in New York. They're trying to keep my people on the Upper East Side, you know? Why? It's fucking sticking you in ghettos? What the fuck? You know how old the buildings are in my neighborhood? <sighs> they gotta be what, pre-war? Oh, yeah. Nice. Disgusting. Um, there's a really, there's a thing up on Good Question right now, which is, kind of fits in with this. And it's a couple of rednecks who say that they like their uh, accent because it creates low expectations. <laughs> so that when people hear their uh entire delivery they don't think much of them but then so all they can do is score higher and that actually had me laughing when i was thinking about it and it's up on good on good questions right now but what accents do you suddenly kind of start and pigeonhole people right away i mean what is would you consider the lowest 
kind of accent. Is it that Boston Masshole accent, which is so hysterical? Is it the Guido Jersey Shore accent? Is it that West Coast Barrio Mexican accent? Is it the redneck accent? Is it the hustler Brooklyn accent? I think um, like the West, like I don't know, I've heard people like here in NBC, here we have NBC in here, and there's yeah. definitely people I can tell people from the West Coast, right? Because they talk like kind of flaky, and they're very. Right, do the impression for me of West Coast accent. It's like, yeah, man, we're just gonna go have you know lunch, and it's gonna be great because you know we have no fucking more schedules today or whatever. And it's like they don't have a care in the world. That annoys the shit out of me. Well, here's the thing too about that West Coast accent. There is a coldness to them. That to me, because it sounds fake as fuck, right? But I have this stereotype for the West Coast thing: is these are motherfuckers that probably wouldn't help you if you got shot, or wouldn't stop if somebody was being raped. (laughs) Just it seems like they're way more fucking aloof, and I I do think that they've got like a blonde Swedish thing that leaves me really cold. (laughs) All right, like the Minnesota accent to me. Always sounds like the most naive accent. It always seems like somebody that you could talk out of their fucking suitcase if you meet them in the fucking airport. Um, But I do agree with you on the California accent. I've never been comfortable around it. It's weird. Now, it's the other really interesting thing is: could you be intelligent? With any kind of strong accent. Like, would you believe a physicist if he had, like, a real redneck accent or a Jersey Shore accent? No, I ex- like a physicist, if he has a foreign accent, I expect him. Like, if they have, all right, if they have a Indian or Russian accent, I'm going to believe they're smarter than they may actually be. Because I feel like. Oh, like the boo. Or like, even an Asian one. Oh, oh racist. Mr. Don't stereotype. Um. <laughs> you just did the same thing. All right, let's go over here to Doug. Doug, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, Ron, you got to put in the uh, Pittsburgh accent, too. You know, what you doing, where you going? Well, the Pittsburgh accent is a great one. And our guest yesterday, uh, basically, his Cleveland accent was Pittsburgh meets Chicago. And I actually like... An accent. No matter what accent you're coming in with, I don't know why, but to me, an accent means I'm not trying to bullshit you. Yeah. You know, that's that's the fucking cool thing about an accent. Um, Going over, it's on good questions right now. Um, Iggy from Boston brings up the Cajun accent. Now... (laughs) That's some weird shit, because I, I think they're from another country sometimes, because some jockeys, I was watching the Kentucky Derby, yeah. and they had two Cajun jockeys, and I had no I had trouble understanding what the fuck they were saying. I didn't th- I thought they might, might have been some weird French shit. All right, I was watching a doc the other night on a, like MSG on the 77 Yankees, right? Yeah. And the pitcher that was the raging Cajun in those days, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. He was with the Yankees for like fucking 10 years. But he came on... Ron Guidry. Yeah, Ron Guidry. So he came on, and he was talking about them boys are all bad. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I would take this motherfucker serious. And I just had the feeling, like, with the Cajun accent, I always have a feeling of, you better not cross this motherfucker. Everything better happen Swamp above board. Um, 
Let's go over to Frankie and Poughkeepsie. It's all up on Good Question on the iBet today. I, I have no idea why, but I'm likely to believe that anybody with an English accent is an expert in their field. Well, the what English I accent, I will totally give them full credit for um, knowing anything about the language itself, you know? Like when a British person starts to read, I'm like, <laughs> all right, Americans, shut up. This motherfucker, like if a fucking English person says, this is what I get out of Shakespeare, I would never doubt that asshole. <laughs> I would never fucking doubt him. It's a classy accent. Um, if it's a correct kind of accent, because sometimes English accents, you sound like a, I guess depending on what part of England you're from, you sound like a real crazy asshole. Oh, the Cockney accent, <laughs> yeah. you mean, yeah. The Cockney accent, though, is don't you always feel like you could be buddies with that fucking dude? Like <laughs> Some weird grifter fucking... Creek. Now, here's another thing, and, and not everybody knows this. If you come into New York City, and I'm not fucking around here, I'm 100% serious, and you have an Irish accent, you all but drink free. Every, they love an Irish accent in this town. Even like the shitty Irish bars in Times Square are filled yeah. with Irish. There's genuine Irish people fucking fresh off the boat. It's crazy. They just find it. And they're all ready to fucking throw down, and everybody thinks it's cute that they are. I was in a bar, and a girl was saying uh, to uh, to this Irish guy, these Irish kids are coming in, everybody's buying them beers. And a girl says to him, hey, is there any uh, Irish bands that we should know about? And immediately he takes it the wrong way, and he goes, oh, perhaps you've heard of a band called U2. Maybe you know a little bit about U2. Only the fucking biggest band. And we're like... Easy. She's just meant like any little groups. Put your fucking shit down. They're, they're very proud and drunk. They're, pr they're proud to, to cover their shame. That's the beauty of the Irish people. There's enough shame there that the pride has to uh, jump up on top of it. Um, Gary, you're on the Run of Fed show. Uh, yeah, buddies. Uh, you know, the Gage accent just scares the shit out of me. I saw Southern Comfort. Them boys will fuck you up. Yeah, they do. Um, they do have a thing that they are willing to go the whole fucking way. Now, Fez, when you hear that, does that sound like prejudice to you? Does that sound bad? Yeah, because it's like expecting the worst out of somebody. I don't think it is expecting the worst. You sometimes, like we said, we expect the best. Like I have, like I honestly have gigantic. Uh, amount of respect for somebody if I feel like they put it on the table pretty quickly. But let's take the, and the, I know this is a weird thing to say, but there is a gay accent. There, no matter where they're from in the country, they talk gay. Now, you would not expect, let's say, a physicist to be like, we found some new dark matter. You know what I mean? But you would expect him to say, we're going to redo this whole place. And no one would argue with him. No one would ever, argue, like, a gay guy could walk down the hall, say to the boss, we need to change the lobby. And I bet the boss would be down there going, you know what? You're right. These couches are ridiculous. I didn't even think of that. He's got some good ideas. It's all up on the good question right now. Um, and, and I kind of think you should always use your accent. As far as you can. Like, because I moved away from the Philadelphia area, after that, when I hear that accent, I want to be friends with those people. <laughs> it's a great accent. Yeah, and I'm very comfortable with them. 
Uh, Fez, only what he drinks gets a southern accent. Oh, hell yeah. But it's a Florida southern accent, and it's very metallic. There's a weird fucking thing to it that you don't confuse with, like, Georgia or Alabama. It's very, very strange. It's almost hard to uh, bring up. Uh, here's uh, Luke using Forrest. You're on Fez. Hey, what's going on? I think uh, one of the most stereotyped accents in the world is uh, probably the male gay accent. Because no matter when it's used, everyone thinks, oh, that guy's gay. Even though someone, he could have a wife, ten kids, no matter who it is. It even goes over... Uh, the funny thing line. is this is what we think of as gaydar. It's either way the person holds, not so much what they look like, what they hold themselves like, and what they express themselves like. And that's why it's always funny when, like, Paul Schaefer will say, you know, my wife said something the other day. And then you're, like, cracking up. You're like, oh. <laughs> he's married? He doesn't know he's gay. <laughs> There's a lot of people, like, Regis doesn't know that he's gay. Regis. Mike Myers never had any idea. That he was gay. Oh, how like, is that possible? There's a very close thing between Canadians and gays. They are the stranger with it. A lot of it has to do with politeness meets sarcasm. But Let's go over to uh, Mark. Mark, you're on the Manifest show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Worst Good. thing ever is Ebonics. Lowest expectations. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, now, Ebonics is the weird thing because, well, first of all, I don't even know if uh, that's even the, the phrase that's used anymore, but... Like a vernacular more than an accent? People, they don't like inner-city black accent. But then when you get uh, a, a black guy who does a, for lack of a better word, white suburban accent, you kind of don't trust him and black people certainly don't trust him. It's like Tufer on 30 Rock. Yeah. Where there's something about that character that everybody believes is Something's off. fake. So, or you even have that other part of it that's really kind of racism when you're going, well, he's a well spoken uh, black man, which means. He speaks like us suburban people. And all the, most of the other black people talk like shit. Yeah, you're basically <laughs> saying that. It's fucked up. Um, it's up on the, uh, on the uh, IB wire today. Uh, accents. Which ones do you trust? Which ones don't you trust? Let's go over here to um, Brian. Brian, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddy. I just wanted to say that uh, Pepper was 100% correct. The Cajuns is a French dialect. Uh, they were kicked out of an area called Arcadia up in Canada before the French and Indian War. So that's them just trying to say Arcadian and their weird accent. But the weirdness of that is it, it meets the southern accent. So you will correct. not find people from Montreal who will talk that no, way no. or probably even get away, uh, get along with those Cajuns. It's hard to understand. Right. It almost sounds like gibberish before you get used to it. Um, here's our friend Holly in Seattle. You're on Fez. Hey guys. Yeah. Um, I was I was just calling. You know, I've lived a couple different places, and it seems we like know <laughs> somebody chases boys. <laughs> but everywhere that I go, as soon as I meet new people, the first thing they say to me is, 
are you from Pittsburgh? Yeah. I cannot get rid of this accent. And um, and then the next question they ask me is, are you a Steelers fan? And, of course, I say yes. And then they say, I hate the Steelers. So they automatically hate me right off the bat because they know that I'm from Pittsburgh. And then I never can stop hearing about it. Now, do you get more of an accent when you go back home, though? Yes. And even um, when I talk to my friends back yeah. there on the phone and I yeah. get off the phone and it just comes back like crazy and I've tried to tone it down but I still use all the language and the crazy words that they use for other things you know I say pop and buggy and gum band and things like that that nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about half the time yeah it's very funny for me now because like my kids would always know when I was on the phone with anybody that I grew up with or my parents and they would like make fun of me almost immediately. <laughs> and yet, when I go home, people make fun of me for you know, certainly. Like, where is that coming from? <laughs> like, right. somehow I'm fucking trying to impress or some <laughs> shit. It's really, really funny. Look who's changed. Yeah, but it does fuck people up. <laughs> now, a few, years, we, a few we, years ago, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed Bruce Gredkowski, mm -hmm. and I uh, was I had the news on in the background, and he was on. They were interviewing him. And I was like, this dude is from Pittsburgh. I know he is. And so I looked it up. I Googled him. And sure enough, he's from Pittsburgh, like inner city Pittsburgh. And I immediately thought he was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> because he's one of you. All right. Thanks, honey. Um, let's go over here to Steve. Steve, you're on Run Fez. Hey, fellas. How are you? Good. The worst thing, being from New York, living in Florida, as soon as they hear your New York accent, the first thing they say is, oh, are you Italian? Right. Too and many movies. That, yeah, that's because, yeah, it got done that way in movies. Now, the interesting thing about New York City is, and again, all you've got to do is like watch the documentaries, like any of the Son of Sam stuff. Yeah. The accent was so much fucking stronger then. Oh, it was crazy. And then if you even go back in New York, there always used to be a Bronx accent, a Manhattan accent, particularly Lower East Side, a Brooklyn accent, like each borough, you could go blocks and, she changes. and the accent would change. My mom had a ridiculously thick fucking like Queens accent, right. which was like a combination of like Brooklyn and the Bronx. Right. And it was just, people like, loved to hear her talk because she just, it was so fucking thick. Now the weird thing is you hear that accent now more in Staten Island and Long Island. Oh, Staten Island, definitely. Yeah. And that's really kind of the old New York accent. Long Island has it in a ridiculous amount. Now, you don't hear it as much, let's say, from uh, O and A, who grew up in Long Island, because they started working in radio, and that working in radio changes the way you talk, even though we don't really do the... They used to make you go to part of the broadcasting school was taking lessons. Voice to get, lessons yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, basically to pronounce things. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Hicks. Um, Hi. Yeah, I mean, I'm from South Philly, so I know my accent stinks, but my chick is from Germany. Mm -hmm. You want to hear a scarier accent. I mean, even when we're, you know, we're in bed, when she starts talking to me, like, I'm literally like, oh, like, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, it's really true. The German accent we take, uh, first of all, 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 this is like a shortcut for actors, like Hans Gruber 
add some German. You don't no, need to say evil. anything else. Yes, he's not only just evil, but smart and evil. Yeah, calculating. Yeah, not stupid and evil. Not a guy who's going to go around and fucking hit people in the head with a tire iron. He's the type of guy who's going to release a gas that will kill millions of people. He's a mastermind. Um, what's your favorite of all the accents? Let's just say American accents. The American accents... I th I do like the southern accent. I think that's it's, it's like, funny. Yeah, I think it's, it's it sounds funny, and I like to hear people talk shit in it. I think it's great. The weird thing about the southern accent it's it's probably our friendliest accent, where it just sounds like right away, and you know I'm saying that as somebody who's not black, but it sounds like somebody who's going to say, "Don't get a hotel room, crash here with us." All right, cool. I personally laugh harder. And enjoy the Boston accent more than anything else. That's great. It's a great fucking... When it's, when it's real thick, it's fucking the best. Then you got Philly people. They talk normal. Um, but, you know, the Brooklyn Italian accent looks like it's the most comfortable. Because you don't even have to explain everything. You can do the know what I'm saying. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get oh, you completely. Of course. And that it can also... That's the Brooklyn Italian is an accent that could be, we're going to beat you up or feed you. It could go either way. Like, they either want to fight with you or be the best friend that you've ever had in your life. What kind people? Um, let's go over to uh, Jeff in Ohio, your manifest. Yeah, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah. I got it. I got it. I've never called any radio station before. I'm listening to you guys, and this lady from Pittsburgh is really... Really out of her mind and full of herself, and she thinks anybody could tell you from Pittsburgh just by talking to them. She probably had a huge ass Steelers shirt on. And Dude, I'm telling you right now, the Yinzer accent is incredibly, incredibly strong, and they do the use instead of you, and they've got a million different things. Go on uh, YouTube and just put in Yinzer accent or uh, Pittsburgh accent, and there's just tons of it. And like we said, our guest yesterday, it was in between because he was in Cleveland. And gets a ha ha, you know what I mean? That whole fucking thing there. And it's street and Midwestern at the same time. Um, here's Ron in North Carolina, your manifest. Hey, how you doing, fellas? Big Good. ass card holder, 12,000. That don't mean shit anymore. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually uh, what people like to call a well-spoken black person. And um, a lot of times, you know, people get very surprised by the way that I speak because they expect me to talk real slow and dumb like some kind of just kind of street dude. Well, see, that's the funny thing because you're calling from the South. And with black people, you ever notice you never run into black guys that have like a Boston accent or a Philly accent. No. Like black guys in America, you either have the city accent or the country accent. And the yeah. country black guys will talk really slow. Really slow, really yeah. deep. I get it all the time when I'm at work here, and I'm like, how do you work professionally with that voice? Now, you don't feel like your family that you grew up around with had an accent at all? Well, being from New York, it was it was a little bit different. We we don't have we didn't have a lot of that. But what really what we get a lot of was street, like yo, and you know, right. kind of like a kind of like a street New York kind of thing. It wasn't really like a, didn't really have any real connotation to it. But um, when I get around my family, you know, some of my 
you know, my, my less than, you know, respectable family, my wife and kids will be like, Daddy, why are you talking like that? I think uh, Spike Lee movies always do a really great job with the, the New York black urban accent. Now, the weird Absolutely. thing is, like I said, they don't talk like Brooklyn Italians or what we consider, you know, the normal uh, New York accent. But when you go to England, those black people, to yeah. me sound like either Cockney or yeah. upper class yeah, or whatever. Like pikeys. But I wonder if it sounds like that to them. You know what I mean? No, no probably not to them. Like a lot of, but like when I was a kid growing up, uh, because I kind of lived like in, in like better neighborhoods in Long Island, my black relatives, when I went around them and I talked like with like a civil speaking voice, they yeah. call me Oreo, like black on the outside. It starts to, it starts to fight. Yeah. Again, that's the people with the, that thing that want to kind of say, you're changing on us, and it fucking pisses them off. Yeah, yeah, I get it all the time. But, you know, like, my friends are, are from back home, or anybody will call me up, and I'm like, it's like, Daddy, why is Daddy talking like that? Why, why, why are you talking like a hoodlum, Daddy? Pull your pants up. All right, thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you a lot, Ron. Take Peace. Uh, yesterday, I saw a really fucking great fight almost start. I'm walking past Central Park, and the Irish guys with the horses yeah. were fucking around with the pedicab guys customers and this irish guy was going don't believe them they're all uh, liars if you come over here and he was like fucking with the guy's customers oh, as they're shit. getting in the pedicab a fucking guy comes riding up like on one of those tricycle things he's got like a haitian accent and he was fucking on i'll fuck you up if you st and i'm like this is going to be the greatest fucking fight between two guys with the weirdest jobs in history. You should have ran and started yelling, World Star. World Star. <laughs> I should have, man. Just start right away. <laughs> it's for World Star, y'all. Uh, some people, I'm looking over on the, uh, on Good Question on the iBang, fucking with the French accent. Here's the way I feel about the French accent. With a guy, it sounds stupid. With a chick, it sounds like the most fantastic accent, sexiest accent. a woman can have. It's sexiest la like accent language. Bar none. Well, none's going to beat it. Maybe Spanish could be a second. I don't know, but Fran I think French is, is far and above. The, Spain the Spanish is pretty sexy, and we're just starting to learn that now with the Spanish. The Italian girl's really fucking sexy. I don't know what works like for... Uh, Women now, like what they would consider the best. Fez, you're just doing about this accent talk. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know the last caller we had on, I was thinking too how even like television, if a black person is speaking with no accent whatsoever, how do you that immediately means that there's some sort of Dude. nerd or <laughs> Fez? This is the fucking thing of stereotyping that you don't understand by saying the word no accent whatsoever means that you're saying white suburban as being no accent that is a fucking accent too iowa also has an accent it's fucking it's a very subtle way of being racial to say that's not an accent um who's to say who's fucking speaking correctly um Here's Chris. You're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie. Yeah. What's up, man? Buffalo loves you. Thanks. Just wanted to, just wanted to say, uh, actually, a, a lot of times around here, we'll get uh, outside insurance companies or car salesmen that come from Vegas, and they'll uh, they'll use a local guy to 
do, to do the broadcasting because they think, you know, I've heard that they say that, you know, we'll trust them more. So they'll actually hire local people to do the advertising because it makes people trust them more. Because they're they're hometown people. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of places uh, that are like that where they're like, he's one of us. And you don't even know it when you're from out of town, you know. Uh, but a lot of places will, will be like that. Smart. And they're like, you speak properly. We dig you. Um, I know when we went in to do some stuff in Savannah, Georgia, you had to go through. The guy. And meet, yeah. <laughs> meet some of the guys that, you know, that's the take way it runs here. Take care of things. Um Let's go over to Michael in Nashville. You're a manifest. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Well, Nashville, Nashville, same thing. Uh, I know I'm Southern. People make fun of my accent. But the one that makes me cringe more than anything, you hear it more on Opie and Anthony, is the Long Island girl calling in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really strong, strong, harsh accent. Uh, because it's kind of weird because it's a New York accent. But if you look at Long Island, it also swings so far into New England, so they pick up the Waterman accent as well. Yeah, that creeps in. It's kind of fun. I think it's an interesting thing to drive along and watch the accent change as the New York accent, the North Jersey accent, way different from Southern Jersey because they pick up Philly. Oh, and then you start to get a little more country and you run into the Baltimore accent. And Baltimore my, accent's awesome. Yeah, well, my uh, I love that fucking thing. nieces and nephews and all, they have the Baltimore accent, but since they live kind of in the country, it's a countryfied version of that. Oh, shit. And you got to lean into these fucking kids <laughs> to understand them. You know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, let's go over to... Um, all right, here's Rick wants to talk about Baltimore. Yeah, that's the worst accent in the world. Go ooze down the ocean. It's, it's awful, man. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm very comfortable I with that it. accent. Uh, <laughs> and they, 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 they say they live in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, where? Baltimore. Baltimore. I live in Baltimore, Maryland. What? Baltimore, Maryland. It's great. Um, let's go over to Mark in Colorado. Yeah, hey guys, you know, I'm from Colorado, born and raised, where we're supposedly accent-free, but I went to school in Westchester, and my friends from New York and Boston from Baltimore would make me repeat everything because they couldn't understand my accent. Yeah, it's really tough, and um, the, you know, when I, when I came up to New York, kids that were trying to get along with my kids would be like, Florida, like, because they say Florida up here. And now when you're down south, it's more of a Florida. Fucking kids. But up, if you ever listen to Blowhard say Florida, it's just fucking hysterical to me. Um, let's go over. Whoops. Tony in, Tony in Boston. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. Uh, we left out the most annoying um, accent. That would be the, the gay accent. Well, we didn't. We actually just uh, we talked about that earlier. Why? Why? Uh, first of all, if there's even an accent there, why is it so annoying to you? What annoys you so much? You don't think there's gay inflections? I think maybe someone talks a little softer, or maybe if a word, you know, 
Um, well, why? Why suddenly speak softer? You know, why have a separate accent from the people around you? It's kind of interesting. I don't mean, I'm not saying why is an attack, but isn't that interesting that it, here's the two things that seems like they're the same, no matter what, where you go. The way gay people talk and hold themselves and mongoloids, where they doesn't matter. All right. But do you get my point? Like a retarded Chinese kid kind of talks like a retarded kid from New York. And a gay Chinese guy talks like a gay guy from New York. That's my point there. Duh. That's the gay guy. Duh, dick. Which one is that supposed to be? Dicks. Well, they're both slow <laughs> in sports. <laughs> uh, because I don't see you... I don't. I think that the gay thing is not soft. I think it can be very loud, very filling up the fucking room, and wanting to change everything and saying that the women are fat. They dominate just fucking. Are you saying you don't even hear accents, Fez? They don't. Uh, you know when you do that thing where you're saying stereotype, right? Uh huh. What is it that you even mean by that? And this kid that got this thing started by doing all the voices and doing them well. Spot on. Um, why is that a problem? Because what he's doing is he's playing into the very worst of stereotypes. He's projecting it out there like they're facts. Well, first of all, what, what, why is it worse? What is the worst thing about anything that anyone does? Where does that judgment come from? It seems to me like that's white judgment to act like that inner city black kids who talk one way that's not acceptable or jersey shore kids who talk another way that's not acceptable or mexican kids that's not acceptable i don't think that you need to have a judgment on it at all any more than if you went to the un and act like one way of you know one language was the correct language there all these things exist they absolutely do Exist. Uh, Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy, Ernie Smith smells sound like a million bucks, and I'm sure you smell good, too. Thanks. Hey, I am actually from uh, South Carolina, and my wife is from Maine. Uh, the most interesting time of my life is after we married. I had relatives from the mountains of South Carolina, and her relatives from Maine came down, and I ended up having to translate uh, between the two of them. That really is a weird culture shock. I mean, because you have and you have the thick Mainer accent, and then you have the Southern accent, and neither one can understand what they're saying. Right, and it's just hilarious. Now, Fez, you feel like he's playing to the worst stereotypes by doing those accents? Oh yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, that's where he came up from. Yeah, but it's acting like this is a st this is a uh, accent that this stereotypical person uses. Yes. But how is it, how is it right. a stereotypical person when that's the exact way my grandfather sounds? Because then what you're doing is you're saying that all of them sound like that. Everybody no, who lives in that area sounds like that. Everyone sounds like that. I lost my accent because I went to college, got into radio, got out of college, got into the fire service. I lost my accent. But you know what? 
That doesn't mean I'm ashamed of my accent or ashamed of the way my family sounds. And I also think that if you move back there, you would gain it back a lot faster. And I wonder if because we all travel so much more now that the accents have blended more than they used to. But I know, like, uh, when it comes to that, that Philly, Delaware Valley accent that I grew up with, uh, and I can hear it like that, but when I was a kid, I th- did not believe there was an accent and would have sworn. Bet cash money, we talked exactly like Johnny Carson on TV. And I thought to myself, <laughs> we're the people without an accent. And we have a very heavy accent. But you just cannot hear it yourself because you're talking normal. Now, the thing is, Fez, I don't see that as being negative. But when you group everyone together, that makes it become a stereotype. Well, when you group everyone together, it's because they're from the same place. That's why, like, people from Pittsburgh tend to, let's say, root for the Eagles. And people from Philly, I mean, for the Steelers, people from Philly root for the Eagles. Now, that's not 100% true, right? Right. There are some Cardinal fans and... Like whatever, cowboy fans, but the vast majority all agree and root for one team. I don't see where that's a negative, and I don't, you know, I don't know if you should stop on the news and say because ninety-seven percent of us are all hoping for a win this week. Now I know there's also some cowboy fans out there. Please don't feel left out. Fuck off. Romo blows. Um, Mikey, Brooklyn, you're on my face. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. You know, Captain Hypocritical over there, um, saying about stereotypes and accents. And I'm sure Seth wasn't born with a gay accent. It's something that he adopted, you know, as a stereotype. I don't think he was born that way, you know. If you're from the South, you, you speak with a drawer. From New York, you got kind of a little nasally thing going. It's a product of your environment when you grow up. Well, you know what well, I'm saying? You know what? I, uh, the, the, the know what I'm saying is what I'm talking about is what it's always comfortable. And I will correct you here with the, fe- with the Fez thing. Fez had the kind of effeminate accent when I met him. And people used to, you know, shoot at it, whatever he went to. And he would be called gay. When at that time, you didn't feel that you were. Right, yeah, and didn't think I was talking in any right. different way. Right. Uh, and it was actually much more comfortable than he's speaking now. When you see him being aggressive now, it's because he's defensive, Fez. He's still in this defensive mode. But I was the one who said to him, you know, roll with that and play it up. And the example that I gave him was Rex Reed, the film reviewer, who I always thought was fucking hysterical. Because, you know, he would not, I guess, playing a character, but as himself, act like the movie was so bad that he threw up in his hands. <laughs> and I always just <laughs> left my ass off how he would blow shit out of proportion. So I told Fez, just roll with it. Love it. Um, and I don't think, did we ever say play gay? No. We just said Rex Reed. No, we said things like over the top. Yeah. And then you you decided to make it gay. You decided, I'm going to make fun of gay people with this and act like everything has to do with something hard up the ass. Why did you do that? Oh. Um, it just seemed, it, it all seemed to go together. Got to laugh. Yeah. That's why you did it. Got to laugh. Um, 
Let's go over to Chris. Chris, you're on running Fez. Hey, Ron. Uh, I think what you're discussing here is two different things. You've got accent and affect. Accent is the thing where you grow up immersed in it, and everyone talks that way. That's the way you learn the language. And affect is like the gay accent or the black accent, where they see these people who speak that way, and, and they just learn that's the way you must talk, so... I'm going to be part of this group. I'm going to identify. I'm going to learn to speak that way. It comes later in life. Now, what are you talking about? The, like the gay thing? Yeah, the gay thing. It's an See, aspect, I'm going to disagree with that because I remember being a little kid and some kids talked with what we now consider gay mannerisms. But at the oh. time, we didn't know gay or homosexual, but you knew that kid who... You know, kind of seemed girly to you. There was a kid named DeLeon in my class. Yeah. Think back to the uh, Susie Essman Unmasked. I'm the gay guy that stood up and spoke at the end of it. No one remembers So I don't think I have that that gay accent at all. No, no one says that it's 100%. Uh, Just just like an actor can learn to get rid of their regional accent or sound English or sound like they're from Boston or whatever, when it's something learned later in life, like most of these things are... uh, no, it's, it's just a, a different thing than the regional accent that you... It's All right, but don't, but don't you think that there are some kids who do have that gay thing long and before there's any sexuality at all in their lives? There, there are kids who may sound effeminate and really sexual. Uh, there are who may, your your have, phone's breaking up, dude. Manner- they have mannerisms that are the same thing. You know, the way they carry themselves, the way they use their hands or right. anything else. But so, why is uh, that, I wonder? That's the thing that's fucking confusing to me. You uh, know? I don't know. I think a lot of what's considered the gay accent or the soft pronunciation or the, the way the hands are used is is the stereotype of, well, this is more civilized. This is the upper crust. We're going to be a little bit posh by softening up. Yeah, there is that, but at the same time, there's there's other people who, um, like George Plimpton, had that almost, I'm by myself with this upper crust accent. An aristocrat. And yeah, who's the guy who started the New Republic? Um, um, the, re- the Republican that used to debate everybody back in the old days. Right. Um, I can't think of his name. We'll come up with it. Chris Hughes? No, it's fucking crazy. Although his son's name is Chris. Who's the guy that I'm fucking thinking of? Is that the magazine that I'm talking about? Um, The National something? National Review? Yeah. Who's the guy who started that? Oh, William Buckley. Yeah, William Buckley. William F. Buckley had that thing that... It was definitely posh and above it all, but no one ever called him gay. You know what I mean? It's kind of New Englandy. It's kind of a Yankee accent that doesn't almost like we used to call it Harvard or something, but it goes, you know, it almost doesn't exist anymore. And that thing is more posh, but no one ever says, "Oh, those are gay guys." They're just dudes that they act like their shit don't stink. Then they're old money. <laughs> yeah, there kind of is an old money thing to it. Kind of has to do with, like, sailing in the summer, you know, <laughs> yeah. that whole fucking gimmick. Go to Martha's Vineyard. But no bullshit. one calls that is when, see, this is the thing when Fez gets all upset about being, you know, people are anti-gay and all. But I honestly, do you remember what the worst thing that you could be called, like, when you were in, like, first or second grade, if you wanted to hurt someone's fucking feeling? 
you could call it a girl or a wussy or sissy. Sissy. sissy was a very big word, right? And that was not anti-gay. That wasn't you're gay. It was basically saying you're a fucking girl, dude. You're a fucking girl. It was the worst thing that you could say to a dude, and you didn't know about the gay shit then. <laughs> yeah, really. And it's like, oh, I don't want to be a girl. Right. I don't want to be a stupid, weak girl. <laughs> it's so... Gotta hate that. Or go fucking, play with the girls. Uh, it's so fun. Yeah. And there were some kids that played with the girls, and everyone couldn't even left them alone. They were like, he's a sissy. You know, fuck it. But... That's the thing. I think that a lot of fucking gays take on shit that they think is anti-gay that men just think is anti-fucking woman. You know? Like now, if you get called a pussy, why is that... That's supposed to mean what if you're a pussy? That you're acting like a woman. But beyond that, what do you mean he's a pussy? He's... Weak. How is a vagina weak? They can push a fucking baby through there. It's not a hard cock, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, when you fucking think about if you kick a fucking cock and balls, you could drop a fucker. You're not dropping a fucking woman by kicking her in the vagina. I'm going to drill that bitch's clit. She could drive a fucking baby through there. She could push a human through there. A fucking uh, guy can't piss uh, a kidney stone. Oh, uh, That's fucked up. All right, it's all up on good question. I'm going to break and stay on it today because, <laughs> Rob Cross, I'm part of this team. You are not going to see two-and-a-half-hour breaks out of Ronnie B anymore. These stop sets are going to be done in time. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go on for a while here because I don't have to take the shit Chris does. <laughs> I'm going to break. Uh, so much to get to today. Uh, Earl stopping by a little later on. That's right. Um there is a piece up on the IB wire today. I'm not even going to do it on the show because I don't like when people make you feel sentimental All right. when you have nothing to do with it. Okay. But this thing is the most sentimental. Guy comes back from Afghanistan, sees his son. All right. His son's walking for the first time. How old is the kid? Six. He had MS or one of these oh, things. Oh, shit. And he's walking to his dad with that. I'm going to tell you something. Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel... You don't even want to look at this, Chris. Oh, man. You'll ball like a baby. I dare anyone to fucking look at that and not act like, oh, my God. That's a Hallmark card. Oh. Um, filtered Excellence. Make sure you stay on it uh, this week. Wes Anderson Film Festival. Oh, I can't wait for that. The SNL finale. And now some people are saying Foo Fighters, Jeff Beck. Arcade Fire, it's gonna Mick be Jagger what? might turn into a concert. Be a jam. Uh, Fez is going to be doing the live commenting, um, so make sure you're on the on the I bang with him Friday or Saturday night at eleven thirty, um, and of course yesterday's snack, uh, which was incredible. Well, you were the one who picked this one, Chris. Yeah. Hot girls getting weird. I like uh, this one a lot. For me, from the favorites that I won't even look at, yeah. it's the girl with the ass uh, trap door. All the way at the bottom, uh, all, the, all the way to the right. That's a fucking great look. Like a little onesie she's got on there. Yeah, it's like a onesie, but you can get to the ass. And let's have dirty sex. There's no other kind to have with a girl who's fucking sporting that. <laughs> There's no other kind. What would have been your favorite? 
before we look. I li- I like this broad with the this is shit. Does my ass look fat? And yes, I just like the weird shit written on her. <laughs> I like that fucking. I don't understand the writing. I don't know either. I, I she's got a nice fucking glow, Bess. Yeah, yeah, lady, your ass is fat. How, all right, who was the winner? The winner, Iron Man. What the hell is that? Iron Man licking her pussy? That's <sighs> an Iron Man uh, doll in between her kind legs. Kind of area? Yeah, and it's like it's it's eating her vagina out. And she's bent over an Iron Man underoos. How do you know it's not going for her ass? All right, maybe we'll All right. All right. All right my problem is the underoos. It sets up that fucking ped thing that we were talking about. And but you have a little bit of that, Chris. This this girl, your girlfriend's very young. This girl is of age in this fucking under. Is your part. girlfriend? She's yes. 17? Yes, she is of age. Are you sure? Positive. I wouldn't give her a cocktail. <laughs> this girl has this girl in this picture has tattoos though. Look, you can't be fucking underage getting tattoos. Yes, you can. I see plenty of them. Some people like to just stop and look in our window. You like to party? Uh, Trapdoor came in second. Uh, yours, and then Pink Cake was third. Yeah, this one just looks like a crime scene, but it's cake. Well, it's kind of anime hair, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is an anime. Look, cosplay. All right. Well, it's blowing up over on the Interbank today. The IB wire. Uh, I still want some voting to one in that. I like to see Trapdoor make them walk up, but I dig yours. That girl's got a nice round ass. Chris, I'm not going to lie to you. A little smiley face. Uh, random writing for some fucking reason. I don't get it. Also up on Filtered Excellence today is that new Santana album, which is all but for one song, an instrumental. I don't know why you want to blow it like that. Are you doing an instrumental album or not, Carlos? Maybe you got scared the last second. Maybe I need, you still, I mean, I need a I single. I need a single, goddammit. <laughs> Gotta sell this thing. Remember how Big Smooth went over for me in 2000? <laughs> uh, break back, and I'll tell you what we're going to uh, get in here. We'll stay with the mass holes. We'll go from mass holes to L.A., lower Alabama. When we get back, it's uh, Black Friday. Salute to Disco. Right a Fez show. <laughs> Ron Bennington, Fez Wally. This is the Ron and Fez Show.
disco days. This was actually the song that uh, George Bush said he ended up sucking a cock to back in the 70s. He got so fucking turned on he hearing this song. Admitted to that? Yeah, he couldn't help it. Just walking away. Use a little more cowbell. only bring Earl in with this song. He could come in like painted silver and shit. That'd be awesome. Bring that black look. It's the Ron and Fez show. A little salute to uh, Disco today. On a Black Friday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. By the way, Earl's stopping by later on um, today. I don't know what he's going to be talking about, but he's always got something that his fucking head's wrapped around. Maybe we can get Fez being pro-gay, Earl being pro-black, and just, you know, letting them fucking fly. You know, Earl's a religious guy, too. Uh-huh. He's so I'm sure Obama let him down. God-fearing man. Um, this video up on the iBang about the mass hole starting early. This is really cute. Watching a Celtics game, a dad who, I guess, yells at the Celtics game the whole time, and his little girl wants to be just like him. Watch it standing up. Yeah, it's up on the Interabang, the IB wire, where the show prep goes... Let's check out these people. We need some big D. Travel! Yes! 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 What? 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 
travel. I travel? Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> I know. Oh, no! Bullshit. I have trouble getting it exploded in Hello. Freaking travel! Freaking travel! I just want to point this out. Uh, this little girl does no jack shit about basketball, and she's just repeating what's being said in front of her. It's just a little girl. Yeah, she's just a little girl. But this is how you end up becoming a fan of something, because it's important to your dad. And he was fucking locked into that game. How quick do you think before she's throwing beer on people? In two years. You think that it's going to take that long before she's got on a socks hat? Oh, he's pounding brew dogs. I should drop an F-bomb, too. It drives me nuts. I see this happen with my brother and his little girls, where you just put this crazy live-or-die attitude on sports into the kids at an early age, and then they have to carry this, this uh, basically, this grudge around with them. What is the grudge? Well, this is the fucking playoffs. The Celtics are in the playoff. I think this is the game that they lost to the Sixers. And let's face it, there was no reason for that. There was no reason in that first game that the Sixers should have even been close to them, let alone the second game. The guy's a Celtics fan. The daughter's learning. He probably has money on the game, too. What bothers you about this? Well, I just seen it in my own family where, like, my when uh, my nieces were real little, the little one still does it, cries when the Gators lose. Because... Daddy's going to hit her. Yeah, uh, because, I, because I'm sure Daddy's gotta, in a bad mood. you got to understand, it was, it was a fucking travel. That's why the little girl was upset. Obviously, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's a bad call. So, what are you saying? The the kid should be in the room when he watches the games. Yeah, I just I don't I don't like the influence there, where you know she's going to be cussing out people uh, who don't agree with her oh, just on a team. Oh, so it's a cursing thing. It's a cursing thing. Oh, yes, I didn't know too. that. Yes, I came out fine. I curse all the time. A little kale's cursing nonstop. Throw <laughs> that. I didn't get your point there. I thought it was about the kid watching sports. So you hate when little girls curse. Yeah. What do your little What do your um, What do your little nieces say? Uh, they'll say uh, They'll say shit or bullshit. Oh, that's not so bad. Oh, then but they're not dropping the f bomb. I, I, Either of them. I've heard it, but uh, shit and bullshit are the big ones. Do they ever say like "see my con" or anything like that? <laughs> that would be really bad. I haven't heard any of that. Well, that's not so bad. That'd be inappropriate. Yeah, I think if they said that. So you don't like the way your brother's raising his kids? No, I, just, I, I, I don't know like, that. I don't like that kind of... Uh... Hold on. There's a very thin man coming into the room right now. Oh, shit. Look at this what guy. The fuck? Look at this guy. <laughs> What's We're up? Saving Who that is secret? this young, young man? <laughs> What's up, Strapping. What's happening? I had no idea you lost this money. <laughs> How much together now? Damn. I think I've lost a Coleman altogether. I just passed him in the hallway, man. He is the slightest little fella I've ever seen. Yeah, My he's lord. Not. He's, well, he's only 13. And, <laughs> he is so yeah. slight. Yeah. Uh, the other like, day he was asking me about smoking. <laughs> the cigarette's bigger well, than You know him. the funny thing about Jared, too? I mean, he probably doesn't like me telling stories about his eating habits. But he's the type of guy that he will work all day on a bagel. Like a bagel will stay on his... And he just eats little bits of, like it's, 
Eating is like painful, I guess, for him. <laughs> Where's it gonna go? I mean, look at him. Yeah, there's nowhere for it. But you got to build a base. Yeah, well, he's got to build a base up. He might be able to out eat me though at this point. I guess. You can't eat much at all. Oh no! Can you eat a whole bagel? <laughs> Crazy? No. What? Can you eat a half a bagel? It's all right. So I, I'm cool, I want to take you out for dinner. <laughs> I'm, I'm officially <laughs> the cheapest date in the history of the world at this point. It's 123, I think it is at this point. At this point. Um. That's amazing, man. It's That's amazing. Crazy. You feeling a lot better? You know, it seems like the walk from the Hard Rock to here is a lot shorter now. I don't know right. if they moved the building. How about the sleeping? Uh, I don't even use, you know, I had the sleep apnea thing. I barely use my machine now. I don't wow. Have to, yeah. You miss it? Yeah, you miss having a map. Poor, I feel so bad for poor little Jimmy Norton with his little trying to figure out how to do that whole thing. He's having, he's struggling with it. Oh, he has it too? Oh, yeah, he's been tweeting out pictures of him. If you go to his Twitter, he's got some horribly bad pictures of him with... He's wearing a thing in the nose, mm -hmm. and he's got a chin strap, and it's just... Do you really even believe bad. in these things, or the doctors just work this angle? No, man. It, it, for me, I mean, it, it worked. Um, it worked. It was like... You know, really well, but he's Oh, my just, God, that's awful. <laughs> terrible. I, I, you know, I, I tried to help him out. I texted him a few times about it, and we were going back and forth. But he, he, I like the other, I don't wear the one with the nose thing. I wear, I think there's another picture of one that had, that's what I wear. God, that uh, also looks like he was been in an awful accident, though. <laughs> I wear that one, but he now he, he can't keep his mouth closed, so he's got to get a chin strap so it, like, keeps his mouth closed. What? Yeah, it's, it's bad. For, I feel bad for him. It would be horrible. He's like just struggling. But the one the picture with him with the that first picture is just You think they could just open up an extra sinus for you? <laughs> Do something. Cut a hole in the top of your head. I don't know. Anything. Or just those little tiny ones they put in you in the hospital. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. You need What's the tiny ones? Forced oh, air. Like when I yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. stents. I love those. It's so refreshing. <laughs> when, I, when I go get stints, like <laughs> yeah. you know, that time when I went there you see? Jeremy Coleman looking like a million bucks. He's a baller. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, well, you know, I go get stints every time I pop into the hospital. No, you need, like, my machine, I think, at the highest was at, like, 20 pounds of air pressure going into my nose while I was sleeping. It's not fun, but it helps you sleep nice. Mm. I don't know. Uh, well, it's good to see you, buddy. Oh. Now, you know, your vibe manager stopped by today, too. Really? You didn't I, know it? I think he called in sick, so he might get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ambush. I got to go when Ron calls me. I put up the Earl. <laughs> the Earl signal. Yeah, the Earl signal. <laughs> this is that? like undercover boss. <laughs> That'd be great. He's going to... Uh, Earl, um, I, I got a message. He called out sick today. I see you here. Um, uh, Hicks, you put up a high-speed uh, crash today. I'm not going to look at it. It's quick, though. It... I it's don't like a high speed. Pretty painless. I watched you it. You watched it? Yeah, I watched it earlier. It almost looks fake until they. Oh, it's real. Until you see the other cars pull over to check it out, it looks like it's so fast. Like this Ferrari had to be going. I can't even think. Like 150 when it now, hit this thing. You watch sports with Fez on the entire bang, but you don't go there for his Saturday night. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> and look, you see the green light. You see that the guy getting hit. Oh. Did nothing wrong. This could happen to any of us at any yeah, time. It fucking yeah. exploded. You saw the fucking explosion yeah. starting. I think they all died. Too. Some yeah. somebody sent a, a piece in to uh, us about a guy who wrecked his fucking Lamborghini, right? And Fez is like, I don't know. They're saying a douche in the Lamborghini, and I'm saying yeah. And he goes, but I don't see that he did anything douchey. And I said <laughs> he owns a, a Lamborghini. Lamborghini. And Fez is going, I don't get it. 
I go, it's like having a round bed. You can't <laughs> fucking get that. It's a members-only jacket. You can't help it anymore. Those are hot right now. They should be. <laughs> Love those members only. I don't know why that jacket took such... It's just a jacket. It did not do... There's nothing freakish or flashy. No, it wasn't expensive. Yes. That's, that's the big fucking... Yeah. Members only. So yeah. right there. Uh, maybe the uh, name was just so awful that it was members only. But there was no different than that in any other jacket. And people turned on that. Absolutely. I once saw a guy wearing one, and people were just ripping it off his fucking body. <laughs> What's wrong with the round bed, though? Oh. <laughs> I used to. I never. When I was a kid, we used to go to Atlantic City all the time because my father was had a real problem. I'm sure. And uh, no. we would get a room every now and then that you'd get a round bed. It was on the eighth yeah. floor at Bally's in Atlantic City way back, and it was round beds. And one time, my father and I went together. And I was probably like 12, and he's like, all right, now you stay here while I go gamble. So, you know, I'm hanging out in yeah. the room, and we ended up sleeping in the same bed. And I'm like sleeping in a giant right. round bed with my pops. I'm like, this is a little This awkward. is stuff that's going to be safe for your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was I don't want to hear about you and your dad <laughs> and a getaway weekend at Atlantic City in a round bed. It wasn't Twin even sets. a weekend. It's it was... better than a heart-shaped bed, I guess. <laughs> yes, <it's laughs> champagne. No champagne cocktail glass. For they the, still you know. have those in the, in the oh, Poconos. Absolutely. absolutely. And people are going like, Oh, I want to stay in that cummy glass. What's the name of that place? <laughs> just a cum-covered giant glass that just you can glasses. sleep in. Yes. Oh, you can think about how they clean that thing. Or they don't. I hope they do. <laughs> I mean, if you have that kind of thing, you just change out towels. You don't bother with anything else. There used to be a hotel by my, my our house where I lived, where I grew up, and it was in Ramsey, and it was a place, like, it was an old, like, might have been like a Hampton Inn or something, and they turned yeah. it into a theme room hotel and there was like you know there's like maybe 25 rooms in it and mm -hmm. there was like you know the african room and there right. was the egyptian room and it was always like everyone was like oh we should go you know get a girl and go stay there because really why do you need all that i mean yeah I, I you, this is for people who want to fucking have no imagination <laughs> <laughs> if, if you have a rap you don't need to buy all the props. <laughs> Carrot Top needs fucking props. Chris Rock doesn't. Um, so you you don't mind a car accident stuff. I don't even like to fucking yeah, you see that. You don't see like any. I mean, obviously, you know, someone got pretty fucked up. But I mean, it doesn't. Really you know. Died, sorry. Yeah, all right. Well, all right. Died. Pretty fucked up. All right. This is what we got one here on the I Bank today. That's going to be perfect for the hard rock, and that's the guitar P, the guitar P urinal. That oh. went up. That you piss, and I guess it makes guitar sounds. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Now they don't show somebody pissing on it. That's the problem. <laughs> Why not? Because you know the news is so stupid. They're pussy. Put something there. The uh, new urinal called Guitar P. Stop it. Let you play guitar while using the restroom. And then near, 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 near. That was a banjo, there, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> no kids, though, in the bathroom. Musical toilet uses electronic tabs that release pre-recorded guitar sounds when it gets sprayed. What? <laughs> that be guitar. This guy's a crazy asshole. I'm sure it's down south. Seriously? <laughs> now, there's also some tuba sounds coming from the toilet stall. <laughs> but they don't even have anything in there. <laughs> I would you use this thing, Fez? Uh, Fez no. does this thing no. here. Every time no. he goes into piss, he lifts his shirt real high and just stands there <laughs> exposed. No, it would draw too much attention to me pissing. I couldn't use this. <laughs> Fez hates if someone talks to him 
from the next journal. Why? And you definitely hate if someone's talking to you from the stall. Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> and and I worry about the pissing noise even with a urinal. Why? Guys it's are all pissing together. It's just piss everywhere. But Everybody you know what? I think this is you know what? Noise. I I think that he thinks that it's sexual. Um that pissing is a sexual act. That's why it's weird for him. Could be. And one day didn't you go in to take a piss in the urinal here? And I'm not gonna say as a certain star came in at the same time. And Fez came instead of peeing. He just fucking jizzed in the urinal. I have no control. I wonder how that, that would sound really on the guitar. Then? People are writing me saying, and I don't know why this is happening on the internet, but, you know, Fezzy is doing the, what is the sandwiches that you're selling now? Uh, the Quiznos. They're trading these back and forth in those websites where people are going <laughs> and going, I need to collect all these Quiznos things. Mm-mm. <laughs> How you doing, Fuzz? How are you getting people to, to collect and trade your commercials? I don't know. Just, just the excitement <laughs> of the new menu items, I guess. Really? And the chicken Milano sandwich. He started doing it now. I can't even talk to him. <laughs> he, he doesn't know that I'm talking to him. He's like, did I do the live read? I'm going to get one of those fucking things and put on my nose. <laughs> Does he take that on the road with him? You should. I mean, oh, you want to sleep. Fuck. I've traveled with mine. What happens if he has a girl over? Oh, he said that that's, that's the bad part. Kind of. That's a bad picture, dude. I actually sent him some pictures. He's like, he couldn't visualize what it was, so I sent him a few pictures of me. I texted him a few pictures of me with my mask on, and then finally I sent one of me laying in bed holding a teddy bear with, with my mask on. He's like, how do you sleep? And I was like, all right, here's how I sleep in it. Here's the problem. That none of these pictures ever go away, and they will follow you throughout your life. You'll never be able to be president now. Yes. I, I trusted that he wouldn't put them anywhere. I this would actually that. keep Jimmy from being elected. Right there. That thing will keep that picture alone. Because people guy can't vote for that guy. It's too scary. It actually looks like this is a new slasher film for the kids. <laughs> they did a whole Photoshop thing where people were like putting them into an airplane with it on, and like it was pretty funny. Um, Poor Jimmy. Well, the honkies are. Oh, this is a good one for you in the Hard Rock. Uh, a certain band hates each other and has stopped touring. Shocking. You're not going to believe this one. No. I'm just going to lay it out this there. A shock to me. Van Halen is no! not getting along with each other. Wait a minute. Fuck. Fuck, 30 dates. That's Man. a big chunk of the tour. Yeah. Oh, they bailed early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see the phone call coming now. Uh, Sammy, this is Eddie. Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to talk for a little bit. And he will. That's the <laughs> fucking funny he? thing about it. He doesn't have yes, to... I'll sure. do it. Why wouldn't he? What else has he got to do besides make other kinds of liquor? Why did the Van Halen boys think they could get along with David Lee Roth? <laughs> his famous pants. That's awesome. It's never going to happen. Where are those happen. pants from? The, uh, those are at the Hard Rock, I believe. Who else is going to have framed pants? But are they fa famous for any I certain reason? That, I think that that's actually by me. I think they're in New York. I can't read the plaque. It might be an Earl photo. The Earl just walks around taking pictures at the Hard Rock. He does he? love no. to take pictures. No, he doesn't. I, we don't allow him to have a camera. <laughs> How's, is he vibe manager now? Yeah, yeah, no, he's, fine. he's doing good. And the music is always great. Uh, when he's there, it's vibing. He's definitely he's a good employee. We we definitely you know at the beginning that's all I would say, but it's he's a good employee. <laughs> we love we love having Earl there. Does it meet that quota that you're after? Oh, uh, 
having good vibe managers. Yeah, yeah. oh, good, good. Yes. Now, the second that Donna Summer died, did he start to pull some disco in? He wasn't there. I, I had to take the reins on that. Mm-hmm. There's not always a vibe manager there, but we only had, it was kind of disappointing. We only had one Donna Summer. It was like a medley, so I threw that on there a few times. See, this is the thing. Hard rock, disco, that was the big war. Yeah. yeah. The war. Now, a lot of people, this is where people were like, why did people say disco sucked? It was people that were worried that rock was going to go away. The odd thing is, Rock was at its very biggest during the disco era. That's when rock bands would sell out. Giant arena tours, Yeah, 20,000 seaters, no matter who they were. The problem was, you couldn't get a girl to rub up against you if you were watching Journey or Ario Speedwagon. (laughs) You needed something a little funky. That was the odd thing about it. Uh, Van Halen must hate themselves. Let's go over the bands that hate each other. The Kinks have always hated each other because there's brothers involved. Yep. Um, Black Crows, yep. brothers involved, they would punch each other. Oasis, yeah. brothers Shades. involved, Oasis they the would punch each other. The Who always hated each other. I guess the Beatles hated each other. At the end, others. they hated each other. Now, the weird thing is, the Stones hated each other, but never broke up. Yeah, they never, they never, yeah, they, they enjoyed touring. <laughs> they realized Yeah, money they understand money, money is more important. That's it. Business. That's it. And they've all done solo tours of... Playing no. small places. The Eagles are another one. The Eagles hate each other. Hate each other. They all have separate dressing rooms, separate airplanes, separate everything. But the thing is, you—it's almost like this. Imagine like you took that car trip with your buddies across the country or to Florida. You hate each other by the end. Oh no doubt. But imagine that car trip goes on for twenty-five years. <laughs> yeah, sure. You will kill each other. Yeah. I mean, Guns and Roses, another one where there seems to be quite a bit of hatred and that's craziness and hatred. Permanent hate. Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. They'll never get over that, which is weird. Although we never thought we'd have seen a Van Halen tour. But did you notice this? No one gave a fuck about this David Lee Roth. They waited until no one cared. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a little pop at the beginning. They did the, you know, the show then at Cafe Juan. It was like, the, you know, a couple of dates and kind of fizzled out. Yeah, it was. Eddie Trunk cared. By the way, just for the record, he cared. Eddie did care, but I mean, like massively. Like no. when the when the Stones are going to tour again, it's, it's going to be stadiums. It's going to yeah, absolutely. No matter what it sounds like, it's going right. to be stadiums. Right. It'd be like if if Pink Floyd, you know, the remaining, you know, if 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 the two Pink Floyd guys and there's another biggest one that, fucking tour ever. If right? they could get together and just kind of make peace, and you know, you throw that out there, that would be massive. Huge would make you know Van Halen getting back together look like nothing, and again you know the biggest one would always be if Guns N' Roses got back together, which we you know obviously it seems like it would never happen. But could you? I mean the the hugeness of that would be insane. I think I could make a call right now, and if I said uh, I could make this tour happen, not only would I get all those guys millions of dollars, I'd get us millions of dollars just for being the middle guy. You know what I mean? We could yeah. probably walk around way with five ten million dollars. If we could put the deal together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we'd give it to Live Nation and never have to worry about a thing. We'd sit at our house going like this. I'm going to check. There it is. It just came in. The money came in. Yeah, every day. Let's start spending they it. They deposit it. Good. <laughs> it would, yeah, you're looking for online jets. Yeah, it'd be like our IPO day. We'd have our, yeah. it'd be like our, our IPO day. Which Facebook raised over $38,000 in one fucking day. It was crazy. A lot, a lot more yeah. than that. I was surprised. I heard the early estimates were going to be like 40000 only. Yeah, a little bit lower than they thought, yeah. but still, still a lot of money. 
and I drove into Times Square, and there were news vans everywhere this morning. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I thought like someone got murdered overnight. I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, IPO day. Lewis, you're on the Run of Fez show. Whoops, let's try it again. Lewis, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Uh, did you guys know that boys to men actually hate each other? Like, they had some vicious fights backstage, people were saying. I would have never thought those guys would hate each other. They always seem, you know, clean-cut, like, church kind of guys. Uh, Jim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, Ron. I, uh, I read the book uh, Commando that you, you had uh, Johnny yeah. Ramone's uh, uh, wife, ex-wife, or, or I'm sure I'm sure say... Um, Widow. Yeah. The word's widow, not ex-wife. Widow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Uh, anyway, Johnny and uh, Joey, uh, it sounds like they just really did not get along. It sounds like Johnny hated Joey a lot more than Joey hated Johnny, though. Yeah, yeah. Johnny kind of kind of comes off. It's a book he wrote, and he kind of comes off as an ass in most of it. So You know, but that never bothers me. I don't think that a rock star has to be normal. I think just the opposite. Like, if someone says something like, I met Prince, and he's a regular guy, that would be a disappointment. I want him to be a weirdo, you know? Eccentric as possible. Yeah, I don't want to... That's the thing I hated about that Ozzy TV show, where he was, like, dotering, and the <laughs> family mocked TV him. And shit. Like, I never thought about Ozzy that way in my life. He's the dark lord. I, yeah, I did think he was evil. And I think you can fuck it up by getting too close to people. Uh, but, like, in the case of the Ramones, that was even worse because they had to share a van for 30 years. Yeah, really. Oh, yeah, you know, one of them the had to drive at all times. I just ran into a Ramone in the hallway, actually. Which one? Marky. Oh, yeah. He he's does. just sitting out in the hallway. Yeah. He always is. I wish he had an office. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm serious about that. But I, the thing about Marky that's great, too, is still the sneakers. It's still the hair. Yep. He doesn't get a, a, away from it all. Which, who was in with us? With uh, his Tommy, wife. Tommy, you would not even know he was a Ramon right. ever in his Cleaned life. Up yeah, bit. he's just like a regular guy, you know. And you're like, eh, I don't want to hear that. Now, when I saw, uh, when I first came to New York, and I'm walking down St. Mark's, and Joey Ramon was coming the other way on the street. And it was like he walked out of an album cover. <laughs> I mean, he looked That's like awesome. he was ready to walk on stage as a Ramon. And I, I think that's the great, the greatest. You never know when you're going to get called on stage when you're Ramon. It may just happen. Yeah. Or why would you ever think that you're coming off stage? You're just a Ramon. That, that's your character, man. That's your thing. Um, here's uh, Lauren from hey. used to be down the hall. Now oh, where, Lauren? Poor Lauren. Yeah. We need, I need a new nickname. I don't know how to call in, so I just put in Lauren from down the hall so you knew who I was. <laughs> The most confident intern that's ever worked here. Thank you, Ronnie. That means a lot. And thank you for that shout-out on the air yesterday. I heard oh, that. sure. Really nice of you guys. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks. So. You love and us more than say, Brucey? <laughs> Ooh, um, wow. It's on different levels. I love oh. you guys mm. in the talk realm. Brucey's in the music realm. Yeah, okay, good. All right, good. Do you like these guys more than O&A? Um... Same level. I got Ooh. equal love for all you guys. Okay, we're all tied. We're all tied <laughs> it's now. It's like dead You're heat. all in the yeah. yeah. okay. channel. But um, I wanted to say hi to Johnny, too. He's oh, a good hi. friend of mine. So, hey, Johnny. Hello. That's a good friend of <laughs> yours? Great. Sure. Yes. Cradle robber. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No. So what can we do for you, honey? Yeah, I just wanted to say about Van Halen. I saw them four times. 
I saw them three times uh, a couple of years ago when they did the tour, and just recently I saw them at Madison Square Garden. They sounded great, and they had a lot of great energy on the stage. So I don't know. I'm not getting how they're fighting. I don't know what this came out of nowhere. So I was kind of shocked. About well, they it, you know? it, it's you know these things are old, and the travel part of that is hard. And then there's also a weird thing of like that we don't see it, but you will see. You know, if Dave is seeing that Eddie's solos are getting too big of a pop, he might spend too much time rapping in between songs. All this stuff that doesn't mean shit to us annoys the hell out of them. Who wants to get over? Who's over more? Yeah. It's a shame. They should just shut up and play the music. You know, they sounded great. I mean, everything. They were tight. I mean... Yeah, but all the things that you like about them, just that other part of their personality plays into that as well. You know what I mean? Like, it is all part of it. Uh, all right, honey. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Ronnie. Bye-bye. She could have called in earlier with that accent thing, by the way. Yeah, you're no talking kidding. About. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I I could tell she likes someone better than us. Yeah. You could hear it with the, just the same. There was a pause. But it's different. It's different. And, you know, as a middle child, I understand what it's like when your mom's like, well, I do love you, just not as much as the oldest or the youngest. <laughs> you know, different. one is my first. The other one's my baby. But you're just in there somewhere else. That's fine. <laughs> is it? I mean, obviously, I love the girls more than you. <laughs> they care about me. <laughs> Did you uh, get that uh, check? All right, Ma. <laughs> I don't know what to get you, so... Because <laughs> you still don't know me by now? Um, Frank, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Hard Rock Skinny, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, so the uh, the word on the street, actually, is after that Keith Richards um, biography, the Stones really look like they're not getting back together. They were due for uh, a tour this summer in Michigan. Yeah, but I also heard there's some health issues. So, you know, those guys are older dudes. They're supposedly all rehearsing together in this area. I think in Jersey they were at a studio, supposedly in Weehawken. And yeah. I, I would think tomorrow night and SNL, you know, I know that they have Arcade Fire and mm -hmm. they have uh, Foo, Fighters. Foo Fighters, but I would think there's be Jesus. three performances and the third one will probably be the Stones and then maybe they make an announcement about a tour there. I don't know. You make me want to watch this fucking show now. I know. Yeah. yeah. It was if that uh, happens. It, well, why wouldn't I mean, you know, Mick will be funny, Mick's good. Mick is going to be great, but here's what I would do with them. And I'd also say, <clears throat> and we're bringing Mick Taylor back. And we're all going to be together. <laughs> And nothing fucking matters. And who gives a shit about this or that? And we're going to play. Because Keith will always play. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But, you know, the thing is, if is Mick mad or whatever? And he can also put it behind him. There's been, you don't understand the amount of rumors and bad shit that's been said about any of those guys. And they don't give a fuck. They'll, they'll put it behind him. Why wouldn't you? When you really look at it in terms of, like, a maturity level... Mick has always been better than like Paul McCartney or John Lennon or any of those guys who get their feelings hurt. He's never cared, right? He's just as long as the fucking. I still keeps going. think Mick is the is the living rock star now. Is there anybody? And yeah, I'm looking right at you, Paul McCartney. <laughs> because let's face it, if you're doing a show, you put Paul McCartney on after the Stones. No. Yeah, but, you know, I, I would agree, but you got to look at the other side of it is could McCartney could sell out a stadium three nights, Mick Solo? 
Well, that's because he doesn't have the solo you know what work. I mean? it's, it's, it's one of those tough ones. That he doesn't have the solo work. the Beatles work. can't get back together, Johnny. Well, this is true. I, I, <laughs> Come I, on. That would be awkward. Couple, yeah. Smelly, too. You know, it would be just... Let me ask you this. Suppose Mick had, like... No, I don't want to even make up that he had a band and he was out doing all the Stone songs. I don't even want to believe that for a second. No, no, that would never work. I'm not going to put that in the fucking universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess if you had to think, like, who are the top five living Go ahead. Rock give stars? them to me. Well, I mean, you got to think McCartney's in there. You got to think yeah. that, uh, you know, Mick Jagger. And then from there, I mean, it could be, you know, some people could look at, like, an Elton John. A Billy Joel. I mean, it's it's tough when you start to because what you know. It all Why are they on. all old guys? There's nobody young enough that they're going to be that thing. Who's a young rock star? That's like, I mean, you know, people. Some people, depending, it all depends on what music you like too. Your background. I mean, some people might say Axl Rose is. Some people, you know, I just there's no current bands. That, I mean, you know, you could the one you could maybe pull would be like a Dave Grohl because the, the Foo Fighters yeah. and their popularity. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Everybody likes Dave Grohl, but I don't know if they go running at him like he was, uh, you know, not even in the same stratosphere as as a Mick Jagger. I mean, you know, maybe 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, because Mick was like the Kurt Cobain of that fucking band. Where, you know, yeah. Dave Grohl wasn't the Kurt Cobain of his own band. No, no. no. He's amazing, though. I can't wait. Now, now I'm all fucking pumped up for this. I got it's really little, cool. It'll be a good one tomorrow. I got a little sneak preview of the SNL digital short last night, too. Yesterday, they were filming it somewhere that I saw. It was kind of fun. Well, this will be the last of that, too, right? The, the, that guy's leaving. Uh, Sandberg? Yeah, Sandberg is out. Yeah. He was it's all up on the featured fucking excellence on the iBank today. But, you know, Hicks refuses to read it. Oh, I love reading it. You know why? why? Because there's a goddamn West Anderson Film Festival going on right around the corner from my house. Which you I'll got be tickets? Going to. Not yet. I know it's a lot of it's sold out, but I don't. Uh, I know uh, the new movie sold out, but if just price of admission going into the museum gets you. Into Am I going to see uh, what do you call it of that movie? I'm waiting to get the screening information. Did we lock that other thing? Not locked yet, mm. but the request is in. Because I remember saying no to you, and knowing that you were going to put the request anyway. That's the thing about Hicks. He will do the right thing no matter what. Except forward emails. Oh, uh, excuse me? <laughs> that one time. Yeah, Did once. Did you like my reply back yesterday? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, nobody's talking about uh, Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, they're still alive. You know what? It's true, but solo-wise, they don't have that. Let's suppose this. If you found out Plant was in one room, and Jagger is in another room, and you could go in and hang out at either one of those things. The Jagger room's going to be packed. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm going to say the same thing about McCartney, though. That's a tough one. I think you'd get it. I think it'd be closer to even, but mm -hmm. you'd probably get more, more Mick Jagger. I mean, even if you throw Keith Richards in one of those rooms, I mean... I'll be in may... that fucking room. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be the fun room. Because that's my own fucking problem, so... <laughs> that's an illness thing more than anything. <laughs> that's true. Um, Scott, you're on Fez. Scott, once, twice, you're out. Ronnie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie. Yeah, buddy. Hey, man. A couple of sites are saying the reason they canceled that Van Halen tour is that Eddie has a, a bad case of the hiccups. Okay. <laughs> oh. You see that anywhere? 
No. You know what? I mean, who knows? Possible. The road can do that to you again. Tough you can to... get the hiccups again. Think about really. playing the guitar with the hiccups. Yeah. That'd be tough. I mean, it's playing guitar is hard enough. Anything that you're trying to keep together is difficult once you go out on the road. I thought Believe me. I thought you were going to say once you got the hiccups. Well, that's what I mean. That's why he re-got them. It's a metaphor. You know hiccups are a metaphor here. Uh, but, you know, it's all in that Bon Jovi song about the whole fucking cowboy thing, you know? Steel horse. Yeah, it's a steel horse. Not easy. Turn the page. Bobby Seeger put it best. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie, when you think of the great Mick Jagger, you, of course, have to go to Free Jack. And now that you're personal friends with Emilio Estevez, uh, is there a new appreciation for the greatest movie of all time? Well, I will say this. I've been, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. I'm working with Emilio what? on Free Jack the Musical. Are you serious? I'm oh, fucking Broadway? Free Jack! <laughs> yes, it would be on Broadway, hopefully. The Great White Way? Yes. Well, not for long. Not for long. And no. those fucking stitches came out. <laughs> All right, easy, Archie Bunker. I know you live in Queens. <laughs> we'll give it a rest. Um, Jason, you're on a fez. Yeah, how come nobody's mentioning uh, Ozzy Osbourne as a huge rock? We so. did fucking mention him. I think he fucked up his legacy with that TV show. I really do. Uh, I think that, that it. Like, with Jagger, one of the things that we like about Jagger is there's a mystique. Mm -hmm. He doesn't stay in one place anymore. Where does he live? Who we knows? don't know. Who knows? We don't fucking know where he lives. I'm going to guess he has a lair somewhere, <laughs> if I had to. It's a helipad, at the very least. Everything is going as planned now. The free jack is running. <laughs> Go on. Six, seven, five. Okay, keep going. The Free Jack is on. Remember Jerry Hall was in that one fucking scene, too? <laughs> um, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, talking about bands that don't really get along. I don't think Metallica with uh, James Hetfield and Lars, I don't think they get along very much at all. I don't know how James Hetfield hasn't killed that motherfucker yet. I, I Just being to death on stage. Yeah. They seem to get along a lot better than some of these other bands where, like, I mean, I've seen them together where if you saw the Eagles backstage, like, literally, mm -hmm. you can, you would never see Walsh and Henley. Like, you're lucky they're in the same arena. Like, you, those guys are all there. Walsh heat has the, the fucking problem? Well, there's heat with all of them. There's just this equal weird heat. I don't get it. Analog man? <laughs> I'm just an analog man. I love that guy. His father lives right around, like, Two blocks from here. He's like 90-something-year-old. George comes down to the Hard Rock all the time. He's the Is greatest. that right? Yeah, George Walsh. He's the greatest dude ever. He's like just a... Was he always like bringing stuff that like... <laughs> no, no, he's not trying kid? to hock his wares. He comes... I have lunch with him every now and then. He comes in, just hangs out. Look how nice Johnny is. He's, everybody. he's like, he's like a know, nice grandfather. Can I tell you something? You can tell how people are by how they treat the elderly. <laughs> and I honestly mean that. A lot of people hate old people yeah. for the passion. Why would you hate your elders? I don't get it either. Because they're slow. <laughs> they walk slow. They walk slow. Oh, guess who's on CPT time? Earl. <laughs> you can Whenever he's booked for something, add ish to it. And the weird thing is, he's not late for work at the Hard Rock. Nope. He Very punctual. Always How is that possible? Late. He was Very always late. Punctual. Bullshit. You know, they still fear him here.
<laughs> saying the next the time day. that you do something with these guys, say that Earl has to be your point man, Please. and you're sending Earl over. And could Earl sit down with Bladder for a second? Please do that. <laughs> you should have told me earlier. We had that thing on Monday with yeah. Stephen. They're, they're doing. They think they're broadcasting that. Yeah, live. you've got to say, look, I'm sending Earl. Uh, my guy's coming over. He'll take some notes. This is my director of operations, yeah. Earl Douglas. <laughs> Earl, go ahead and take it. Well. Um, <laughs> Oddly water. enough, when you uh, say that Earl's a great employee, how is he getting off the phone with you? Because that's that's the most difficult thing about being Earl's friend. Oh, I try to avoid the calls. Earl's fucking nickname should be Never Can Say Goodbye. That should be his theme <laughs> be his song. Deep song. <laughs> Never can say goodbye. Oh, man. All right, he did sign in, though. Wow. The security may have him held up somewhere. You want to break now? Let's break now. Uh, we'll be back with the legendary Black Girl Douglas. Lots going on today. Um, we'll be right back. Ron Fez Show. Ron Bennington. Fez Wally. This is the Ron and Fez Show. Ron Fez Show. Run a Fed show, and everybody knows this theme song. This is Earl Douglas's theme song. <laughs> Only about five minutes late today, Earl. I'm very, very proud of you. Hey. Are you late at the Hard Rock all the time? Are you always showing up late? No. That's very punctual. You don't have all the train problems that you used to have with us? <laughs> no, I still have, I still have, I still have train problems. What the yeah. fuck? I know I have bus problems now because I take a bus and a train. Why are you going to take a bus? Oh, I'm further out now. I'm back. I'm out in Jamaica now. Oh, geez. Literally Jamaica. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Earl, radio or hard rock? What do you prefer? Ooh. <laughs> it's easy, isn't it? It's radio. <laughs> what know, if Muni Zombie wanted no, you no, back? No, 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 no. <laughs> what if he crawled out from that fucking grave? <laughs> all right. Geez. I'm just saying. Wow. You took it too far. I'm just saying. Even if it was an actual said, zombie. Wow. Hey, do me a favor. See if you're collecting all the Quiznos commercials that Fez is doing. I'm not allowed on them because I'm a cock and a fuck-up. But Fez is on them, and he's reading them precisely, and I wish that I was part of it. But they are trading them back and forth like they used to in the old days. And they say these things are so inventive. The one you did today went on for 17 minutes, right? People said they were just dying from it. Put them in the Thanks. Makes me feel good about myself. Um... Anyway, uh, Earl, who would you pick? Radio? 
Uh, it's like, you know, it's, it's still the first love, even though he's still giving me the glare. <laughs> oh, well, I would understand that. It's your, that's your, it's, where it's you came from. But the vibe manager a, you're staying with, kind of a radio thing, right? It's yeah, like a it's, small radio station. Yeah, you, you, I got, it's, you still have the arguments about, you know, what songs we should play, what sh we shouldn't yeah. play, this, that, and the other. So. I will tell you this. I don't know how you guys put up with walking through Times Square every day. Because I had to do it the other night. I don't. And I found it impossible. <laughs> it's tough. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it, it is. I, uh, getting here was like, I was like elbow in. Yeah. I go out the side door, I come in the side door on 43rd. And it's like a quarter way down the block, so it's kind of a... A zone that's but not if, too if you bad. really want to test your patience, walk down like 57th Street to Times Square <laughs> along Broadway. No way. That will completely test your metal because it's just you're bumping into people, you're getting hit by things, people walking, you know, people asking you where to go in different languages, and you can, neither <laughs> person can understand the other. So it, it's crazy. Um, yeah, there is a lot of just people from all over the world going there, huh? Same, they come to the Hard Rock as well? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're a beacon for tourists. All right, I want everybody to write this down. It's going to be like a secret vote thing. Uh, this is up on the IB wire, so if people want it right along. Best beer in the world. They had a contest. Best beer in the world. Now... I did not know that even beer was something that you paid that much attention to. Like a wine seems like I don't mind a wine snob, but a beer snob seems fucking stupid. That's what's come of it. With all these microbrews coming out, people yeah. fucking, it's become like the wine industry. They just love fucking uh, shitting on domestic beers and saying, oh, have you had this microbrew yet? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you're a dick. You're stupid for liking fucking piss water Budweiser. <laughs> Fuck you. Budweiser's fantastic. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> when did, when did Hicks become so Hicks hostile? Get, yeah, yeah, yeah the angriest guy. I mean, you're passionate about your beer, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, people shouldn't be so fucking judgmental if you like if you don't if you're not fucking sucking a dick of microbreweries all day long. <laughs> so you get dirty looks if you order a Bud. Sometimes people will look down on you if you order Budweiser. Is it because it's you or because of the beer? No, I don't need that shit, Johnny. <laughs> I'm just a saying. A lot of people are Budweiser and fucking they get shit on. But why do you feel like it makes you a bad person or you're being hurt? Well, you're, the way you are about beer is the way Fez is about gays. <laughs> that you feel attacked the whole time. Well, that's what I'm saying. These people are trying, trying to make other people feel bad because they don't like some fucking high class, so so called high class, more like beer. You just beer. said it was fucking high class. Yeah, high class. Well, you said you were high class, and that was just a lie. <laughs> you never caught a rabbit. <laughs> um, all right, Earl, what do you have? Best beer in the world. I wrote uh, Heineken. Heineken. Earl knows his beers. <laughs> You are seriously the most impressive stock <laughs> brewery in 1974. Are malt liquors allowed? Heineken. What do you got? <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon in a can. All right. Paps Blue Ribbon did not make it. <laughs> Damn it. Milwaukee's Best Ice. Okay. <laughs> what do you got, Piz? Sabora from Japan. Oh. oh. Wow. Look who's gay. <laughs> Me. The answer, of course... Is Genesee Cream Ale? Genesee. <laughs> really? I thought it's just great. It's cheap. This is called the greatest beer in the world, the best beer in the world that won this thing. 
Pliny the Younger is oh. the name of it. What? And it sounds like a I, kid toucher beer. What kind of bottle is that? <laughs> it's like well, a gross bottle. It looks bottle. like it's syrup. Well, look, the, the gross bottle tops I love because you yeah, can... It's you fun. Can, well, you can undo them and then use them as a, to put a joint in there and smoke you a roach. fucked up, right, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> use them as a little... We've got a little carburetor on there. Pliny the Younger. Where, do you, where can you even get this beer? Uh, I believe it's a Russian beer. <laughs> that's not the beer. That's Jimmy Norton. <laughs> he can't breathe. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. That's Jimmy on Sea Hunt. <laughs> How? There's no way to fucking tell what the best beer in the world is. Yes, you do. You have a taste test. And the group that put it together is BeerAdvocate.com. And they declared it to be the best beer in the world. I don't. Oh, hey, look, PBR's got, got an 80, 80%. See, that wasn't that, that far many. off. I think 100. Thousand? <laughs> oh, hey, come on. Paps is delicious. It's nice. I didn't get it in a can. Paps Blue Ribbon. Buck Heineken. <laughs> That's what. Because Earl picked Heineken. <laughs> I don't drink. I'll don't take know. a Heineken and a steak, please. <laughs> Give me a Heineken and a surf and turf. We're all celebrating here tonight. <laughs> There oh, you go. Server turf is the shit. Colt 45 only got a 65, so PBR was higher than the Colt 45. That's I like insane. That. I love Colt, man. You got the Hoffman refer in there? 64s? Um, Sean, you're on the run of face show. <laughs> hey, Ron. I yeah. like uh, the craft beers and everything, but there's one that beer snobs just always say is the best. It's called Chimay, C-H-I-M-A-Y. Oh, Chimay. It's Chimay. It's Chimay. Yeah, it's Chimay red, yeah. There's red and blue. And I've tried them, and I had to spit them out. They were so disgusting. That's, they're a classier beer. It's a high alcohol content, and there's like a special glass they'll serve it in at bars. That's all I will do. I have to have a special glass. <laughs> What's wrong with a pint glass? Look, it's like this, but it's glass. What happens to a thirsty motherfucker who just wants it quick? <laughs> Let's put this out here. You don't understand. I was just mowing the lawn. <laughs> Give me a fucking cold bud. I want to get a buzz on. <laughs> uh, Ralph, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie, that, uh, it's Pliny the Elder, and there's another one called Pliny the Younger. It's made out in California, Russian River Valley. Um, it, it is good beer. I've had it before. Um, is it the greatest IPA. beer in the world? Uh, no. Uh, there's, now, Ralph, you style. sound like a connoisseur. You sound like, unlike these fucking ham and eggers, <laughs> you know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, there's like... they. they Belgian, they consider Belgian beer the best beer in the world. Of course. I personally don't like it because it's too sour. I mean, but it all depends. It's like wine. It depends on your taste. Like the IPA, like that Pliny Elder is an IPA, mm-hmm. an Indian Pale Ale. Um, then you got porters, stouts, all kinds of fucking beer. Hold on. I'm watching fucking uh, Hicks mouth breathe during all this. <laughs> huh? Oh, huh? please. I know what they all are. I get it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like... You look like a dog looking at a pinwheel. You're fucking totally confused. <laughs> I know what an IPA is. I fucking have been drinking long enough. Yeah. No, but it, it, it is good beer. I, there's a, there's a beer uh, called Green, uh, Green Flash IPA out of... Uh, That's wonderful Canada. beer. I really enjoy it. Come on. You've had that before, Ryan? Yes, I have it when I play chess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, buddy. All right, Ralph knows what he's talking about. All right, sure. He's, he's drank Pliny the Younger. That's right. And you go to Dollar Beer Nights serving whatever. Exactly. It's perfect for me. You drink the only well beer known to man. <laughs> Can I have some generic beer, please? Um, mm. 
Here's Ben in D.C. Well, Ben in D.C. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. So here's the thing. The way you should look at it. You know, if you want to buy the best bottle of scotch in the world, you want to buy the best bottle of wine, it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars maybe, right? If you want to get one of the best beers in the world, one of the ten best beers in the world, it's going to cost you five bucks. That's one of the reasons why craft beer has become so accessible. You know, you can go and get yourself a bud for two bucks here for, or, or yeah. five bucks. Get something else. Mm. And then I get two buds for the fucking price of one <laughs> But why don't you idea. just spend one fucking night enjoying yourself and drinking like a gentleman? I think <laughs> getting an 18-pack of Budweiser is being gentleman-like. Yeah, is that right? Is yes. it also the next morning when you're around dr drinking scuds out of fucking dead soldiers? <laughs> <laughs> is there a cigarette in this? Yeah. It's a little ashy. <laughs> Smoky odors. Holy <laughs> fuck, what happened to me last night? <laughs> Good. Tell me the truth. Was I driving an ambulance? <laughs> I can remember bits and pieces. Did I perform an operation on a baby last night? You're a fucking problem, dude. It's, I just enjoy things that maybe aren't as expensive as other things. That's all. This is why Earl will red flag you when you show up. Oh, what? Seriously? And Earl, don't worry. We're going to get to your studio musicians thing. This isn't going to be all scumbag dirtball talk. I got to get through this. <laughs> it's Hicks. All the people that, that know more about beer than Hicks does oh, are writing up on the IB Wire today about fine beers from around the world. Blow me if you fucking are a fucking <laughs> fine beer connoisseur. You know, my friend is gay and he likes a nice Japanese beer. I thought he yes. didn't drink anymore. What are they called? Ching Chong! <laughs> no. Be like a beer! <laughs> These Japanese beers, the Japanese people have never um, drank more than half a beer before they start pissing on their bosses. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! They can't handle their beer, and yet no one, this is a great thing about them, they never bring up what people did when they were drunk. Fuck. That's considered part of it. I'm going so when you get drunk over there, <laughs> you just start yelling shit about your boss. Just talk as much shit as you want. Right to like them and scream like, Fuck you! You know, and they just consider that all... <laughs> Part of what needs to go on. It, they they have the whole thing too. Like if you go out with your office and you're you know in Japan, if you go out and it's like your boss and your boss's boss and you're yeah. like the if you're if the big boss wants to stay out all night, you can't leave. It ain't that different here in America. No, though. you can you can skate away there. There it's like it's offensive to them. You can't leave unless your boss leaves, and your boss can't leave till his leaves. So you're. Do you stuck. honestly think anybody here would be like, you know what, Mel, your party blows. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. I've seen it. I've seen it. Let me tell you. I will tell you about the bosses here. The big boss leaves first. Then five minutes later, the next boss. Then his underlings leave. No one ever leaves before their boss in this place. Now, I try to come in late, leave early, just to let them know I'm not part of the whole deal like you guys. Not trying to get ahead in the business. I leave before my boss all the time. Uh, of course you do, because you can do your job. <laughs> Good point. Thanks. And when you can't do your job, you put on a suit and go like this. <laughs> <laughs> my office is close to the boss's. Uh, here's Bruce in Philly. Hey, uh, Hicks, you might want to come for my 50th uh, birthday party. What we're do having is uh, you have to be able to drink 107-ounce Miller High Life Pony Bottles. Would you like an invite? Sure, okay. It's the best beer ever on a hot, hot summer day. It's okay. Right out of the kiddie pool. And yeah, it's the best beer ever for people who can't drink fast enough to keep their beer yes. cold. Yes. 
ponies are nice though when you go to like tailgate party or something like that. So they just look like the '70s to me. (laughs) I mean, they. I saw a box once. I was perplexed. Like, what the The first time I saw like pony bottles? Like, what the fuck is this? Look, they shrunk the beer. Beers and girls always liked them. Like, these are fun. (laughs) Drink them faster. (laughs) Cute. I mean, to me, they look like a tube top. I don't see the fucking difference. (laughs) I just want to go sharking. Did Zima make this list? Who made the list? Zima? No, <laughs> no, yeah. no Zima. Oh, hell yeah, Zima. Well, that Mike's Hard Lemonade put them out of business. <laughs> uh, Rick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello. Yeah. Hey, so I was just curious if you guys ever tried any of the German beers. Hefeweizen. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of different yes. Hefeweizens. Why don't we do this one day, Hicks, with yeah. you? Yeah. Let's do a blind taste test where we have you pick out your favorite beers. And I bet none of your shitty hipster beers, your cheap ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Boudwasser. I bet no Boudwasser makes the list. Oh, baby, come on. You're going on pure taste. Oh, I love it. I love Budweiser. Earl, did you not care when Donna Summer died? Yeah. Big time. You did? Yeah. Did you cry? No, but I was was highly bummed. Did you you cry when Levon Helm died? Crushed. Did you lay down? Did you tell Johnny you couldn't work that night? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, sick. What happened? My friend Levi died. Well, I was crushed. Good. <laughs> which, which rock and roll death's going to hurt you the most, do you think? Dylan. Two. Oh, God, yeah. How'd you even say that? Dylan over McCartney? Yeah. Yeah. I'd push McCartney in front of a train to save <laughs> Dylan right now. No, I'd push... Fucking McCartney in front of a train to get fucking Dylan his ham sandwich uh, as quick as he wanted. Here you go, Bob. What's going to be for you? That fucking guy from Whitesnake? <laughs> David Coverdale. Is that what it is? I'm thinking it's David Coverdale. That would be mine. See, I consider David Coverdale from fucking Deep Purple. Secondary, <laughs> secondary Deep Purple. How about for you, Hicks? Who's going to be your worst rock death? When Zevon died, that I thought that was the worst. I was like fucking. Dist- well, dude, how about him leaving behind that last fucking album? Yeah, the, that was just like punching you in the stomach. And then fucking the Letterman appearance, where he yeah, did the whole Letterman. fucking show. It's like, why is this happening? This, please stop! What the fuck? You know who was in the, on that album with him is our best friend Billy Bob Thornton. Was <sighs> through that whole last album with him. They were tight as fuck. That's what makes Billy Bob the fucking man. That's what I'm saying. That, like, he's Everybody that he digs and hangs out with is fucking cool. And to be cool and being from Arkansas, you're going to make a fucking effort. You know what I mean? Definitely. It didn't fucking get given to you. Like it was handed to me from above. It was a birthright. Earl can't brag about being fucking cool. He's in the majority now, though. He grew up in the fucking... (laughs) He just started fucking dominating everything. You feel no, good, right? People of color. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Obama's <laughs> staying forever. Why aren't you happier? <laughs> oh, it took 400, <laughs> Earl, it took 400 you years, but hey, we got it. Earl, are you worried right now Obama loses the election? Not at all. Not in the least. 12 points. I am standing by my prediction. Wow. What, wow. If Obama loses what? the election, would you grow your hair out <laughs> to an afro? Yes. Oh, Until so you just. can pick it. Uh, well, no, no. I'd love that at work. Well, that, will, that will never happen because my hair's falling out anyway. Oh, yeah, but that would be fun if it comes Spotty. to patchy. <laughs> just patchy, patchy just patchy here and there. <laughs> Horns coming out. <laughs> will you do it, Earl? Um, do so do now it. you don't believe. That's no, okay no. if you don't believe. Yeah, you hate believe. Obama? Yeah. I don't hate Obama. You jinxing him? No. <laughs> Jinxy. 
<laughs> 12-point win. I think it's going to be way tighter than that. 12 points. I mean, you know, when you know when we have the three-way debate between Obama, Romney, and Romney. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, son. Smack talk. That, that, that'll end it. At your sketch. At your <laughs> sketch. Do we ever put that thing up? It's on there. The Etch a Sketch? Yeah, it's on there. Where at? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my thing throughout the debates. All right. <laughs> That's all we have of it. This will be watching, like, Fez debate himself from two years ago. <laughs> I'm in against what I said. I think it's going to be very tight. And... Romney could win this thing. No, he's he's just he he's his own worst enemy. <laughs> he, Not he, why I'm alive. He, came, <laughs> <laughs> he, he had this. He came out with some statement yesterday. He was just like, I didn't say it, but if I did say it, I would actually. Be, it was something. But crazy. You know what? Like, Finally, we get an American Jesus, and that's making me want to be Mormon because I don't like to. I don't like to pray to foreigners. <laughs> where with the Mormons, you get an American. John Brown, baby. Is that who his name was? I think so. That was they, that dude, right? I just called sure? him Brownie. <laughs> then again, I I grew up praying to Christy. You know, it's like a Philly thing. We want to fucking hang it on the last fucking name. Oh, it was Joseph Smith, not yeah. John Brown. Uh, yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> Smitty. Smitty. We prayed to Smitty. Smitty. Forgive me, Smitty, for I've sent. Sounds like a guy changing your oil. I know I had a friend named Smitty that if you called him Smithy... You were in a fucking fist fight with that fucker. <laughs> fucking throw it down? Man. Like that shit. I saw him at age 12 knock out a full-grown man. <laughs> and I'm not even fucking making that story up. Holy shit. I saw him hit another guy one time. We are at a fucking thing. He punches this guy in the fucking nose. And his the guy's nose split long ways like a hot dog that had oh. been on a fucking oh, thing so, no. for so long. I just saw the fucking nose split like that. Oh. He could, and he wasn't an enormous guy. But he could hit like fucking Billy Martin. He could hit like a fucking ton of bricks. That image is the world star hip hop all over the place. Yeah. World star, baby. You love him, world star fights. <laughs> world star. Internet loves world star. The world loves world star. What's not to love about world star? Mike, you're on my What's up, guys? Trapper, I'm with you. The Budweiser, we're leaving you to Bud Light Platinum. And I'll have some homemade wine. That's good for shit, too. I'll drink box wine, that Franzia <laughs> shit. And Bud Light Platinum's really nasty. I ain't standing by that crap. You also smoke cigarette butts you found on the street. <laughs> it's happened before. If you just, if you Trailers find Trailers for sale or rent. <laughs> Rules to live for the ascent. When you got no smokes, get a couple drags off that. Not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. You use old hypodermic needles, oh. and you go, hey, there's still some in here. <laughs> I'm going to have to warn you about something. AIDS. Oh, fuck. Earl, there's another vibe manager besides you, right? Yeah. Who's better? He's a young kid. Yeah. He's a young rocker. Like Skrillex type? Do you have to keep up on the new music? Yeah, I try to keep up on new music. Yeah. You almost have to. You, um... <laughs> you know, you really do have to. Then why every... <laughs> Not really, it's not almost, then why Never. every time do I go in there? I hear you playing Poco Harum. What is that always about? No. Nope. Why is Salty Dog fucking rocking every time? I go? All hands on deck. 
<laughs> so fucking funny. You almost have to. <laughs> no, you do have to. It's not almost there. It's on paper there in the yeah. description. <sighs> you guys, you, yeah. you two play well to each other. Like I, say, I was saying to Ronnie earlier. In the, right? You know the older... He's a little bit more on the younger side. It works out. Yeah, it's a, it's I don't good, like the idea of that. It's a good balance. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, until, until it balances the other Except way. Except for no. your crowd's dying out. You better. <laughs> He's bringing in the young kids with the Gaga and the Bieber, huh? Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Earl's gonna get his second win when this Tom Cruise fucking hair metal movie comes oh, out God. this summer. I'm dreading the release of this. Why? Movie. Eddie Trunk is hosting the fucking party. For it. <laughs> it's just. Who else would? It was like, it was like Cruz is singing, like, pour some sugar on me. and Pour some <laughs> sugar. Hey, everybody, I'm Tom Cruise. Did you see the thing when they're, they're fucking chanting back and forth? We built this city, and we're not going to take it back and forth at each other. <laughs> it is so fucking cringe-inducing. And what they're doing is gleifying the hair metal kids. Oh. It's just glee. Yeah, and and and, uh, and I saw one. I saw one. I think the first trailer was just like, I was like, I have to stop this. <laughs> like my, it's awful. The, the songs of like basically these are my high school, right? And I'm like, what are they? These are doing? the songs you first jerked off to. No, <laughs> you came all over this shit, Earl. <laughs> you know what? Get a hold of Polo. I want to see if he's seen this movie yet. Okay. <laughs> then get a hold of Polo and ask him if he's seen any movie yet. <laughs> You see some trailers. I saw the beginning of some. I walked in a couple late. <laughs> but I was in Caddyshack. I always look for him every time. I, every single time. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's actually really good when he does the peas and carrots. <laughs> peas and carrots. <laughs> then oddly, he doesn't show up at the end of the film, like during the big explosions and all. Yeah, it's like a big party around. when everyone's fucking yeah. hanging out. I think that they had gotten so annoyed with him that they fired him by the end. <laughs> All right, good news, everybody. His life's a movie. It's Paul O. From the legendary Warner Fest Studios in a predominantly white neighborhood, Warner Fest presents Showtime with the Paul O. Paul O, your life's a movie. Hey, Paul, you like some movies? Hi, uh, very good. I hear you busted my chops. I do see all the movies. I see those. <laughs> all right, good. Good. I'm glad that you do. I'm backing you a million percent. Now, here's what I do do. I mean, oh. 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 I will go in, I'll see the full movie, and then a lot of times when I'm early for a screening, I'll go see 15 minutes of the same movie that I've already seen. So, I mean, that, maybe that's how this got started. That's probably how the rumors about you <laughs> got started. Exactly. But I will say this. When you did your review of the Titanic, you didn't know the boat sank. <laughs> so that's all I'm saying. Like early in the movie. When? when? <laughs> I thought it was nice. It's a wonderful film. About two young kids who fall in love and right. go across from England to New York. I'm going to say in Battleship, the sink, the ship sinks, absolutely. Is Battleship the, uh, going to be bigger than Avengers? 
No, obviously. The, the thing is, is that I think the way they went into this movie is, is they said, we need Michael Bay, but Michael Bay doesn't want to do it. So we're going to make a Michael Bay movie, and it's based on, again, a game, uh, you know, a board game, Battleship or whatever, like the Transformers was a game or, or, a, or a, a product from Hasbro. So, I mean, the whole concept is crazy to begin with, but I don't want to dump on it. Too hard because it's coming right into Memorial Day, and it's a kind of a tribute to the Navy. So I mean, it is a big <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, it's because as many times that the Navy has fought aliens over the years. <laughs> the problem with these movies, like the Avengers, is that when I'm watching, I feel like I've already seen it. This movie looks like Battle for Los Angeles. Looks like Transformers, except right. it's on a boat. And I, I mean, thought, I oddly thought that Avengers looked a lot like Transformers. Like I felt. Did you see it, Earl? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you have, though. That's the thing. <laughs> you have. The other weird thing too is like uh, Avengers was in a weirder universe than Iron Man was in. Like Iron Man wouldn't have had a fucking battleship that also flies. <laughs> And there's also, by the way, it's the Shield headquarters. You get nothing. You there's nothing to gain from having a battleship that flies, <laughs> hovers basically, <laughs> invisibly. But well, it can't crash now, though. But so. you've got to wonder at what price, and the fuel, and none of that seems <laughs> like. Why do we need this thing? Very similar to Transformers 3 in, in, the, in that they spend a lot of the time just demolishing a city. I mean, right. every, I mean, God knows what, I mean, like if you remember The Incredibles, you know, there is some accountability when superheroes allow a city to get so totally destroyed at that point. I mean, the, you know, the mayor would be in an uproar at this point. He wouldn't be thanking them. <laughs> She's just the mayor of the people. I don't understand. There's been so many people killed. Yeah, that was the thing in Avengers. We weren't supposed to care if any humans died, which for us would be hard because the neighborhood that they destroy is ours. You know what I mean? Like, it's midtown Manhattan that yeah, these buildings explode. Oh, it looks like there's it's an alien army Manhattan outside. Manhattan real estate. It's very expensive real estate. Yeah. They had no concern for property values, especially no. the Hulk. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Hulk was just let me use this building to push off on, but there's people inside there. workers and shit. Yeah, let me throw a building at this guy. Um, Paul, I do give you credit for, because unlike any of the other fucking just lemmings out there, you didn't buy Avengers hook, line, and sinker. Well, I'm just saying it's it's I. I think movies like Transformers, and frankly, this new Battleship movie, the, the character development is just idiotic. It's beyond, it's beyond stupid. And they're spending $200 million for a movie, and yet we, we, we are supposed to enjoy watching people that, I, that we wouldn't tolerate for two minutes in the real world. Yeah, that's true. You know, and so, but I mean, at least with the Avengers, you have a very, very well-developed character development going from... From you know, set up from five other movies. I mean, they're they're and needless to say, the entire Marvel universe, uh, you know, on comics down. The, the, the well, they movie. are better than DC, but <laughs> well, I'm really hoping that the Batman movie is better. Well, you know, that's it's 
true enough that that I think it was just an entertainment. And to and Spider Man, it's great to see a remake from ten years ago. <laughs> I don't always get and, that. And, you know, it takes me back to when the Office started. <laughs> it's simpler which, time. I mean, you know, you have the big blockbuster movies, you know, and and but you know we should again be be thankful that there are the small independent films because there's more small independent films than ever. Uh, coming out. I mean, it, for instance, the sound of my voice is coming out next week, and I found that very interesting. Which is a, a small, very small independent film about a cult trying to infiltrate a cult, and uh, and it's uh, the woman claims to be from the future, and so it's it's small, and it's it's a it's a is she really from the future? I'm not going to tell you the ending or anything. <laughs> oh, you didn't yeah. see the ending, did you? <laughs> he didn't, he <laughs> doesn't know what happened. Oh, i got to prove that I've seen the ending. Yes, you do. You've okay. got to prove things now. Well, I will, this is what exactly what I'm going to tell you. You don't really know what the hell is happening by the end of the movie. You don't know what to believe. So I, that will verify that I've seen the movie. If, if I tell you that, you know for a fact. <laughs> All right. You just blew my That's fucking yeah. mind. <laughs> my mind's blown, too. By the way, people still commenting on the uh, greatest beer in the world thing. Good. Uh, amazing. Amazing how many people are in this discussion. I didn't know we had quite so many alcoholics <laughs> listening. I mean, obviously, I knew Rorschach, but I didn't know so many others. Oh, let me just say something about Rorschach, too. You're not going to like every 3 o'clock snack. <laughs> they can't all be perfect Rorschach women. We got to do 365 days a year now. God, I love the 3 o'clock snack. Do you really? Sure. Why Who did you pick as your yesterday's 3 o'clock snack? Uh, which one was my yesterday? I forget. I picked girl with the uh, hatch in her... <laughs> That's a good yes. one. I like the pink hair girl. Yeah, you liked her. Yeah. And then uh, that finished, mine finished second... Yours finished, I believe, third, and Hicks's came in first place. Which, which no, one? This, was, this was the first one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm. that wasn't yours? No, that wasn't mine. Iron Man eating ass and pussy. <laughs> uh, but let's go back to the other one. This was the nice girl with a nice round ass. And what did she say? Does my ass look fat on one side of her leg and then... Yes, on the other side, and this is like a mirror. She's kind of hating on herself, I guess. Mm, here's Some hating. girls don't like it when they got a nice ass. You like that, though, right, Earl? Yes. How uh, come I always see you with a white girl with no ass <laughs> every chance you get? <laughs> he says, man, I like a white girl with no ass and a big dick. Hey. Yeah, that girl's really I cute. I really didn't get that one. That was <laughs> Well, she's naked, yeah, yeah, and she's playing yeah. some kind of a squeeze <laughs> box, and she's sitting Stumped in the laundry. In yeah, thing. it makes perfect sense. She's having a good time. Her ass was wet. Put in the dryer. I bet it is. <laughs> All right, now I got to figure out: was it a mirror or two girls? I think that's two different girls. I mean, look at the tan. I think it's a mirror. It's a mirror. See, See where the line see is right line? there. Right there. See that? That's mirror line. Right where the and they just yeah. happen to be wearing the same top. And one half is tan, and the other half isn't. No, yeah, well, it's, it's light. shadow and light. Earl is a photographer. He'll Socks. teach you about light. <laughs> I don't think that's that's. Polo, any chance of doing Caddyshack Two? Was that being discussed <laughs> at all? Well, first of all, Caddyshack Two was done, and for some reason they couldn't reach me to be involved with the project. <laughs> I never saw it. That's the the one that they didn't bring back any of the stars. They didn't bring back anybody. Well, they brought back Chevy Chase, and he was he would be a star, I suppose. But in any case, I am waiting on. Uh, it was on last night, Polo. Yep. And Ted Knight is fucking one of those people that should have got more appreciation for just how ridiculously funny mm. he was. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, amazing. But of course, you know, he 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 worked his comedy bone over, you know, Mary Tyler Moore. And That's he, disgusting, Paul. <laughs> Why would you spread that sort of fucked up rumor? <laughs> Poor Mary Tyler Moore. Mm. Um, yeah, he was, he was. I mean, I I had a great experience on. The I know Mary well. Tyler Moore's son, uh, Jay Moore, and he's a really <laughs> fantastic guy. And, and I hope he's and, not mad at me. I absolutely enjoyed the experience of Caddyshack. I mean, the except, the only exception was Bill Murray was never around. Apparently, he was doing some show called Saturday Night Live. All right, we've got, you know, Joel Murray's kid came in last week, mm-hmm. uh, surprisingly to me, because I was doing The Unmasked, and he came in. Did you see Bobcat's film, uh, yeah, God Bless America? The, the, the latest one? No, I yeah. haven't seen the latest one, though. No. Do you like the other ones? Yeah, I do. I mean, I mean, obviously, uh, he's kind of working under the radar at this point, and it would <coughs> be nice to see him get, you know, get a big... I agree 100%. Uh, you know, but Joel Murray was in, and Joel Murray did the craziest thing. He did impressions of his brother, Bill Murray, and his brother, Brian Doyle Murray, and he just had his fucking rolling. I mean, who does impressions? Of their, their yes. Siblings. That's a weird one. All right. Um, first of all, is this Bill first? This is Bill. This is uh, Joel Murray doing an impression of Bill Murray. Yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to read that. But it, it had a good way to it. <laughs> when do we tee off? Seriously. But we, I would... <laughs> all right. Now, this is him doing uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Coming up. You're the whole family. You know, I don't really like much of the uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't really like much of you know what you do, but um, this was really spectacular. I uh, I you know, I got to do something with some fucking weight to it. I, I, I am selling out. I'm doing cartoons. I'm on the middle. I've got a new show. Uh, God, I gotta I gotta do something. That's fucking hysterical. Weird, he does both his fucking brother's impressions and throws the word weight into both of them. Odd. Uh, you know, I got to meet the guy, uh, the other brother who runs the restaurant in St. Augustine. You know, also a very nice uh, nice guy. He's, Which he's is, What's that name? I, I'm not sure if it's Arthur Murray or something like that. You know, you're just a ball buster, Paul. <laughs> so he runs the Caddyshack restaurant in St. Augustine? Right, right exactly. Oh. He came out, he talked to me, he was very nice. I mean, I was, you know... Pitching bullshit, saying I was somebody important, but you know he did come out and say <laughs> it is. It's a great restaurant. All the Murray brothers are together. It's the Caddyshack restaurant, and that's in Huntington, Long Island. <laughs> and the food is spectacular. It's really five star food at four star prices. And I actually got to meet Brian Doyle uh, Murray later in Manhattan, and, and you know mentioned that I was in the movie. He said, "Hey, come on up. I'm looping something up here. You know, hang out." And I was, I was embarrassed. <laughs> But he was a really nice guy. I was surprised how nice he was. All right, Paul. I can't keep you on all day if you're not going to talk about movies. Well, well, I mean, you know, what what to expect when you're expecting is also horrible. So, you know, you got two really horrible <laughs> Yeah, that, that, some of these... I, I have a question for Paulo. Yeah, okay. What? Yeah, good. We were just talking about it yesterday. What song do you think has been in the most movies? Like... Well, you know, soundtrack wise, and we were try. We I looked it up every which way. I I'm gonna find... I, I'm gonna make a guess here, because sometimes it's done serious 
sometimes I'm going to say either born to be wild gets used a lot or bad to the bone has been used a lot. Those were a couple that came up. We did searches. We couldn't find any definitive. I know there's got to be a way to do a definitive because they have to have soundtrack lists. What was yours? We couldn't think of anything. <laughs> we were kind of like, you know, there's a lot of those Rolling Stone songs that get used a lot. Yeah, like, Scorsese uses them in every film. Yeah. But then also you might be careful that it's not some kind of wee small hours right. like Frank Sinatra thing that gets used. A lot of things came up with just like instrumentals, like... Uh, you know, oh, like I'll score tell you stuff. Oh, to Joy yeah, probably shows up a lot. Yeah, that's, that's the one, one that too. showed up a lot. We were trying to think of like more, you know, things that you'd find I, current on. But now. what is this one? Or all like, now, 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 now. that's uh, um, yeah, that gets used as uh, so much. But you know, there's so many songs that just to set a certain era get used quite a bit. You know, like to let you know it's the '50s. Every fifties thing. I was gonna say, "Be my baby." It was probably used a lot. Be my baby's been up a couple times. I can only think of it as Mean Streets. Anything but. <laughs> I get mad if I hear it anywhere else. This has been used in a lot of this movies. This reminds me of uh, what's uh, La Bamba. This was it. Yeah. All over at the end. And it gets used in like just to show that it's summer. You right. know what I mean? Like <laughs> this kind of means like you're in. It's a summer scene. That's actually a good question, though. Yeah, I mean, we looked all, we were looking all over the net for it. And we just couldn't come up with anything. I mean, there was people saying like some of the Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. I'm like, I, I which I just couldn't see like Under the Bridge, and I was like, I'm gonna guess that it's a classical song because that probably will take you back to the beginning of sound. And uh, well, I mean, that film. would be like Ode to Joy is used in in hundreds of movies. You know, Beethoven's Ninth. I, I mean, that's just. <laughs> yeah, way to come up with that first, Paul. Appreciate it. Buddy. <laughs> I said that, Paul. No one else has said it. I said oh, it. And Paul. then Beethoven. when a man loves a woman, it's used like thousands of times. That, you know? Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I'm always interested in when obscure songs are used more than once because there's there's one song by Bob Seger that for some reason is used in in the end credits of two different movies, What's uh, Mask and uh, uh, some stupid movie with Daryl Hannah and and, uh, and and it's just weird that that. What's the song? It's, uh, uh, I can't remember the, the exact song, but it, it, it's, it was just not one of his bigger hits. But it was, it was a big enough hit, but I just found it odd that they would use it in two different movies for the end credits. And maybe you just don't know it, you know? <laughs> it would take you. <laughs> but some of those might be just, like, cheaper. Like, I ain't paying for Turn the Page. Right. But well, how much for Catman do? Just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roll Me Away is Roll Me Away. Yeah, that's fucking obscure. <laughs> Thanks, Polo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Mike in Boston here has got an actual good one. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. No, don't have you. He came up with uh, Salisbury Hill, which is wasn't oh, yeah. a giant hit, but gets used a lot. Yeah, and a it lot kinda, of trailers. Yeah, it just there's something about it that means transition is taking place. There we go. Go back to the beginning of it, though, where we should have been on it. Because this is reminds you of a trailer. Coming this summer, <laughs> yeah. it's your chance to find the girl of your dreams in the place you'd least expect her. An all-male prison. <laughs> <laughs> 
Caddyshack 3. <laughs> this time, the guy that got pushed into the pool is getting his revenge. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just kind of sad and sweet, that fucking song. Uh, we might, you know what, maybe we'll do some work on this and get to it by Monday. It's a tough and one. And actually look into it. Who wants, you know what, who do we got back there today? We got Pips and... Banana. Which one of them you think could both come up with this answer? Or do we have them compete against each other? I say they compete against each Ooh. other. I like to see that. Who do you think is going to win? Give me Pips. I think he'll do the research. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Anna's my right-hand girl right now. Okay. And I see, seriously, yeah. I see the future in her. She's just got it all in front of her, doesn't she? All right, so that's their assignment. They're going to come in on this on Monday. All right. Polo? Yes, sir? I'm not going to have you back on Monday. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I mean... You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of... I mean, I keep tabs on Elton John songs. For instance, Crocodile Rock is used incessantly. In, it was just in Dark Shadows, for instance. And it, you know. All right, Paul. <laughs> okay. Get off the fucking thing. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All right, sir. Bye. Get back in the movies, all right, Polo? All right. Focus. I'll talk about The Dictator, which also... <laughs> oh, The Dictator is the following week? No, actually, The Dictator's already out, but it just came out this I heard a lot of people liked it. I know. The thing about it is, is that it's much harder humor. It's much uh, more kind of cutting edge, and and I found it uncomfortable. I mean, I I, I laughed a lot during Barat, and even with Bruno, I found Barat. it harder to laugh. <laughs> Barat. Barat was hysterical, <laughs> and so was Bruno. I I mean, it was just made me. All right, smart. so you give it six thumbs up. <laughs> no, I mean, I would definitely probably edge towards thumbing it down. Ouch. It's All right, bad. Paul, we got to go to break. Right, I am doing such a great job of staying on my breaks today. We come back, we're going to talk greatest studio musicians of all time with Earl Douglas and his boss, who's catching him <laughs> slacking off today, Hard Rock Jenny. Like, yeah, that was kind of uncomfortable. I know. Into. It's so <laughs> odd. It's odd for me now to see you laugh at everything Johnny says and then try to high five him after <laughs> he gets off the line. Fucking great one, dude. It's all right, Earl. Dear American Jesus, named John Smith, please <laughs> let Staten Island Anna win this. And please let something bad happen to Pips. No. Oh, you like Pips because he's also an orphan? <laughs> oh, hey, he is an orphan. That's, yeah. that's, that's that bond, that orphan right. bond. Orphan twins. <laughs> orphan twins forever. <laughs> No twins. And you're both dating really, really young girls. His 17, you're 16. God, my girlfriend's not 16 years old. How old is she? You don't even know. Why, you're a great my boyfriend. Age. It's my age. Whatever that is. <laughs> I'll have to cut my leg open and count the rings and know. All right, we break here. Uh, back in just a minute. Run and face show. Ron Bennington, Fez Wadley. This is the Ron and Fez Show.
It's the Ron Fed Show. Black Friday. Uh, Earl and I just brought up this memory of these guys dancing with giant rubber bands to this and how stupid it was. And uh, Hicks found it immediately online. One of your favorite vocalists here, Earl? Yep. Felipe Wynn. Yeah, yeah, it was on bandstand. Yeah. This was Big a bad chops. idea. Yeah. Well, that's a cool fucking some cool facial hair. Look how fucking just straight out nuts the 70s were. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Big butterfly collars. Fuck yeah. You can almost look at that no D. <laughs> it's a great look. That fucking thing sounds like a shag carpet. They <laughs> all looked in the mirror and was like, this, this, is, this, this is it, right? Yeah, here. we got it, dudes. We're all wearing the same fucking clothes. So. We got giant rubber bands. <laughs> Our fucking song slime in the charts. Spot their own bandstand. Yeah. <laughs> got the choreography down to shit. It's great. We're fucking balls deep and more pussy than we could ever imagine. <laughs> Sugar bowls full of coke. <laughs> um, all right, it's time to uh, jump into uh, our own Earl Douglas uh, has come up with uh, something today, and that is the best session musicians of all time. You picked the five. You are five of the great. Session musicians. This is guys that, um, not necessarily in bands, but are available in studio work. Now, Earl, you've been around the music business your whole life. Do you think that some of them prefer being studio musicians, or would they rather have been in a in a great band? I think they prefer the studio work because it's very you get paid very well. You you basically you walk in. You could cite you're actually a musician. You can walk in. They give you the charts. You come in. You play it one or two takes. Boom! You're out the door. You get paid. None and you're not stress. caught up with the drama. Not caught up with the drama of touring. You don't have to travel. You know, you it's some guys. It's literally a nine to five job. You go, mm -hmm. you get up. You walk in. You do your session. You go home. Yeah, because with a lot of these stuff, you don't have to even be with the singers. Like a lot of these guys will come in and lay this shit down. Long before Dylan shows up, and then they can get out of there. Yeah, and and the, and the money's great, and I think they are a little. They want a little bit of notoriety. It was like, hey, like, right. like a lot of those guys for a long time, it wouldn't even appear on the record. You know, the, they wouldn't even get an album credit until when? Um, probably until about the seventies. <laughs> definitely the seventies when. Like when the album explosion kind of happened, and when you had to actually put something on the album inside a picture, you know, you had to have something to go with it, and that's basically when it happened. Um. All right, so let's uh, go through this one at a time, and as always with the the five, we expect there to be uh, nothing but controversy. Because you can't, because you've only got five. Yeah, and and I, and you don't even count groups because some of these guys were full ensembles. Like who? Um, MF, MFSB, which was the the house band for Philly International. Mm -hmm. They were <laughs> played on all those great gambling Huff records. They were basically a collective. 
uh, the Muscle Shoals rhythm section that backed up all the Aretha Franklin and Wilson Pickett and. The Donald Duck uh, Dunn was just one of those, and yeah, the they MGs. Were, they they were always together, right? Yeah, the MGs, the the Love Unlimited Orchestra, which was actually an orchestra, played on all those Barry White records. The guys who played on the, you know, the high records guys that played on all the Al Green stuff, Al Jackson, who was a former MG, uh, right? No, Willie Mitchell. So you can go on and on. Now, the Wrecking Crew, you know, Hal Blaine, Carol Kay. Uh, mm-hmm. They played on all the Phil Spector and then later played on all Beach Boys records. That right. alone is a list. <laughs> yeah, you could do, you could actually do one of those lists. All right, let's go through uh, your five right now. Yeah, I picked uh, Numero Uno, the the greatest bass player of all time. Mm. James Jamerson played on all those Motown hits. Uh, and what Changed is the instrument. Yeah, what is it about him for you? Uh ridiculous talent i mean he could play the bass player's job is to hold it down you know basically propel keep the song together Mm -hmm. he was doing that playing the melody line and playing lead at the same time using one bass players they generally use all four fingers Mm -hmm. he played with one finger he played with his right index finger and he's doing all these incredible line bass lines with one finger and he was the heartbeat of the of the company. Forget the uh, of all those hits. He was basically the driving force behind hit after hit after hit after hit. He died young, right? Yeah, he died. He was only like forty. He was like forty seven. And who was the other Motown bass player though? There was another great Motown. Bob bass. Babbitt. Yeah, Bob Babbitt. Who was basically he basically replaced yeah. James Jamerson. And what happened with Jamerson where he left? It was. It was a combination of they were doing so many sessions. They just right. needed another guy. And he and he had he had problems. He had problems with drugs. He had problems with al- mainly alcohol. Right. And sometimes he wouldn't show up for sessions. Sometimes he wouldn't show up for. I'm pointing at somebody. Why? Why? why, why? I didn't say it was you. It's not saying who. <laughs> I'm just saying for the people at home. I'm pointing at someone in the room. Yeah, I mean, just to give you a point where, like, uh, like an alcoholic, drug addict, gambler. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dating pro- maybe a sixteen-year-old girl. Damn. <laughs> I mean, like, just case in point, James Jamerson, the epic baseline to what's going on, he did, some say hungover, some say drunk, <laughs> he did it basically drunk and flat on his back. <laughs> Laying down on the floor. Laying down on the floor because he was just so whacked out from drinking all night. Don't make you a bad person. I See, I would actually pick Babbitt over him, but only based on color. Just hey. <laughs> where Motown didn't see color, I did. No, I mean, th- that's amazing that Motown had both those guys, right? I mean, it's yeah, I phenomenal mean, when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and from basically from 1959 to 1973, that was the guy that was on all his, you know, the intro to my guy, the intro to uh, my girl, the intro yeah. to Uptight. The up- to anything that my and a person, they were on. <laughs> uh, Adam's been trying to call with this all day. I just got to get out of the way. Go ahead. But Ron, I just want to let you know, you know, after 30 years, Ben Benson Steakhouse closing down, landlords jacking up the rent. That's what happens. Well, Fez still has a card for us all to go there that the Pow Talk girls gave him. Um, they gave him like a $300 card <coughs> that he never went to the restaurant with. Oh, we could ball out there. That's a lot of drinks and some Yeah, we found that Fez has been like six years now. I'm still looking for it. I'm sure it's there somewhere. Perhaps it's your fuck you, I don't care about your drawer. Checking that one. 
All right, number one, James Jamerson for you. How about your number two? James, uh, number two, Bernard Purdy Purdy. <laughs> Give us the uh, background here. Drummer, he has played on over 3,000 albums. He's played from everyone from... He was uh, Aretha Franklin's musical director for five years. He played with Sinatra. He's played on every session from Sinatra to the Monkees <laughs> to Steely, most notably with Steely Dan, though. Now, what is it? How do these guys even get so well known that they can play on such diverse things? Um, he could. His pocket was so tight. You know, they, his his style was so tight. They named the. They called it. Hey, we want to play like they call it the Purdy Shuffle. Is that right? Yeah, I mean they you get, they gave it a name because he is yeah. he is so precise and so again can literally play anything precise one take. Now two you've takes. got stuff up on here. Is this stuff that we can listen to? Or? Yeah, the um like the James Jamerson. Yeah, what they did with this was they spliced it. They basically played the rhythm track to "I Was Made to Love Her," and then you bring in the Stevie vocal. Listen to the bass line. It's almost like a duet. All right, let's take a listen to this. This is going back to James Jamerson first. They called themselves the Funk Brothers. Let me ask you, Earl. This stuff isn't charted out before he comes in. He is basically writing the baseline for these. They're working it out. Yeah, I mean, they're basically they come in with the lyrics, a couple of chord changes, and then just so, work it out. To me, it's always been interesting that that guy doesn't get a writing credit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you think about it, some of that stuff makes the fucking song. Yeah, I mean, people forget the Motown guys, like Smokey and all. Those guys were kids, right? <laughs> they were, they didn't, you know, they didn't come out of like a music academy. They were kind of like, hey, I got some lyrics on a piece of paper. But it's interesting that the guy who comes up with lyrics will always get credit. You yes. credit for that. But let's say a kind of a drum solo thing coming into the song never gets the credit. Yeah, the Funk Brothers didn't get any kind of album credit until What's Going On, and that was 71. They went th but almost But even forget years. that, I'm talking about a straight writing credit. Like, some of that stuff you think of is actually what the song is about. Because it's such a fucking great song. All right, James James is number one. Uh, your second was... Bernard Purdy Purdy. Uh, let's play a little bit of his. What's going on here, Earl? Um, this is from the classic albums mm -hmm. where um, Donald Fagan's basically explaining the breakdown to Home at Last from Asia. When we 
got to California, I don't know that we were nostalgic in, uh, in a general sort of way for uh, New York so much as we were nostalgic as writers for this uh, you know, milieu that we left behind. And we weren't finished writing songs with New York characters in, it, in them yet. So we kept doing that. And by the time we were finished, we had moved back to New York, at which point we immediately started writing lyrics about California. And he never went out on the road when they would do road gigs all with him? No, he wouldn't go out with me, but he was playing with, you know, I saw him in Staten Island. He was playing with Galt McDermott, you know, who wrote mm -hmm. Hair. He was, he's been in that band for like the last five years, but he was always touring with Aretha. He was always, he played with Sinatra. And then he was always doing sessions. He was all over the place. 3,000 albums. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, number three, my, was Steve Gadd who was um, best known for Paul Simon, working with Paul Simon, and he came up with this crazy, you know, the intro to 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. That's pretty much what drives the song. Mm -hmm. And he kind of came up with this crazy shuffle beat. Problem is all inside your head, she said to me. Is easy if you take it logically. I'd like to help you in your struggle to be free. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. She's Earl Douglas shown a lot of uh, love for rhythm sections <laughs> during his <laughs> salute to studio musicians. Uh, who's next for you, Earl? Um, number four for me was Jim Keltner, another drummer. Right. <laughs> Who's kind of like the, he's kind of like rock and roll Zelig. Mm -hmm. He's played, he's played with every Beatle, with the exception of McCartney. Oh, and he played on every solo album. He played on, played at a concert of Bangladesh. He was a member of Little Village, which was uh, Keltner, Nick it, Lowe. Yeah, if you own albums, this guy's name's somewhere yeah. in your collection. Joe Cocker. It's just, it's just true. It's just, uh, there's so many of these names that pop up uh, over and over. Uh, I look over here and GVAC through one and he says, you left this off your list, but you only had five. Waddy Watchels. <laughs> that yeah. name Waddy. shows up everywhere. Of course, you're a Zevon guy. Yeah, Waddy was on all, over all that shit. But he also, everybody who played in California. Stevie Nicks. He played with. Henley. <laughs> all those dudes. Uh, when Steve Jordan, who, by the way, could have made your list easily. Easily, yeah. Uh, came in. Uh, he had Danny Kuchmar with him, and I was like, I stopped in my tracks. It's another one. And then, like, I was just like, when I went to say hi to him, I was like, hey, your names are all over my albums. And I had to fucking slow down for a second. You're Kuch, and you are. Yeah, but Keltner, Keltner was a de facto Wilberry. He was right. the drummer for the Traveling Wilberries. What was his name? Buster Sideberry. It was his uh, Wilberry name. Um. Money. And do these guys, what do these guys get paid? I mean, it isn't scale. It's got to be what? Double scale, triple scale? It depends when you, who, it yeah. who's the guy. Like Steve Gadd, uh, that became like an in joke on how much, you know, Zappa made a song about it. How much yeah. he made, how much money he was making playing sessions. Because, like, the, you know, the more, the more notoriety you get, the bigger your pay rate goes up. Uh, it's on the iBang in one of the boxes, the five studio musicians slash session players. Let's go over here to Dave, Fort Myers. Dave. Hey, how's it going, Ronnie? Yeah. 
about 20, 25 years ago, a buddy of mine was an engineer, and he had brought in this kid to do some bass tracks, and he was just amazed. The guy had played with Miles some, and he said he came in, put down his gig bag, he looked at the charts, he made some corrections on them without even having listened to the music. He laid down the stuff in one take, took his double scale, and went home. And I followed his career ever since then, and he has become just a monster, monster musician, and his name is Marcus Miller. And Marcus is not only just one of the most amazing, most gifted bassists you'll ever hear, he plays a few other instruments as well, but he also writes scores, he conducts, he produces. He's just an amazing, an amazing musician all around. So he actually came in, looked at the charts... <laughs> made adjustments like, no, this would work better, and then started to play. That is beyond any understanding that I could even begin to fathom. Correct. That's phenomenal to me. Yeah, and just look up his discography. I mean, I don't know if he's been on 3,000 recordings like uh, Earl's drummer there, but it's, it's been easily 1,000, if not more. I'm trying to think of who in the Unmasked Cheech brought up, because Cheech was... Uh, dating Joni Mitchell, and somebody came in. Uh, was it Jocko? Yes, Jocko it was Jocko Pastorius. Another one, I, you yeah. could have made this list easily. So, and he was like, so, and here's the weird thing about Cheech, is that he could just drop in this, I'm dating Joni Mitchell at the time, <laughs> which I had never heard in my life. But Jocko comes in, you know what I mean? Fucking 10 minutes. Then fucking unplugs and splits, and everybody's like, and like fucking, he's just going. I want to be that dude. <laughs> that Cheech here he is. Then Cheech and Chung, he's dating a fucking rock star, and yet he's still thinking, I want to be that dude who comes in with the bass, plays quick, and then Kills leaves, it, bounces, and gets paid. Yeah, <laughs> before he can finish his own coffee. <laughs> his own coffee was still sitting there. Uh, you can check out some of these names up on the iBang Earl. You know, it's a very difficult thing to do with the five. Yeah, it was, it was because a tough you list. are going to leave names out. Um, but this is not an embarrassing list, Earl. Um, Phil, you're on my face. Hey, Roddy B, how you doing? Uh, I wanted to, uh, since Earl had so many drummers on his list, I, I wanted to ask him uh, how he felt about Kali Udo and, and uh, you know, why he left him off the list. Because, I mean,. He's played just as much and is just as good as Gad, you know, and, and I think he played with Zappa and uh, just a kick-ass drummer, you know. Well, again, I, yeah, man, I mean, I think he's played with Sting. He's played with a bunch of guys. But, I, again, I can only have five. This was a hard list to put together. Yeah. I mean, extraordinarily. Like, again, we mentioned all the groups. That's a whole other list. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't, you know, you know, you mentioned, uh, was it Cooch? You could have put on there. Yeah. You could have put. Huh, you know, Ronald White, who was uh, another guitarist from yeah. Motown, came up with the My Girl riff. <laughs> well, you know, all those guys that played with uh, Steely Dan, some of them went on to form that fucking Toto? weird Toto band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Picaro Brothers. Yeah, those guys are all... Um, Larry Carlton. I saw Larry Carlton with, la I guess it was last year, with Steely Dan, and came out and played the cleanest fucking... <laughs> guitar solo I ever fucking think. Yeah, it was so fucking weird. And everybody was just, rather than like even grooving, everyone's just like looking around like, we're watching Larry Carlton play this fucking thing. <laughs> who would have thought that this all would have come back together again? That's cool. 
Yeah, you could even mention guys, you know, Jeff Skunk Baxter, all sure. those Doobie Brother guys, you know, Michael McDonald. Uh, and a lot of them go on and produce and shit like that yeah. as well. These are just like the real musicians. You know what I mean? Like, not like, hey, we're four guys from the neighborhood and we've got a fucking band. These are guys that would, a lot of them went to music school yeah, uh, and know the the music like it's a language. Uh, Michael Zimbello, who mm. played with Stevie Wonder. Ray Parker Jr. started as a session guy. I had no idea that. He was, he was a Motown session guy. He played on songs in the key of life. He's a guitarist. Um, Again, tough list. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Tommy, Indiana. You're on my face. Hey, boys. Good list, Earl. Uh, I just want to throw out and kind of change genres a little bit, but Josh Freeze, the drummer, has played with everybody from Devo to Weezer to the Vandals to the to Offspring. I mean, the guy has something like 400-plus you know, albums under his belt. He's a he's a rock drummer, man. He's and he's the guy's fucking amazing. Yeah, him and um, oh god, what's the other drummer? Uh, he played with um, he played with uh, John Cougar for forever. Um, and I'm and I'm throwing a total like the monster drum. He plays with everyone now. He's like the guy. Um, let's go over to Scott Jacksonville. You're on the fence. Hey guys, break yeah. break. Again, phenomenal players. I mean, rock and roll animal. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest live albums of all time. And again, this, the work we did, what they did with, with Cooper was like <laughs> off the chain. Uh, we're talking about some of the greatest musicians, but they're studio musicians. Um, Kenny Aronoff. That was his name. That's the name you were yeah, searching for. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Again, these are up on the iBank. And I get it that you know some of this stuff is inside baseball, but these names should be known, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, the My Girl riff... Who doesn't know that riff? Boom, 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 boom. You know, the riff, and then the riff comes in. That's yeah. That drives the song almost as much as everything else in it. No, and who came up with that riff? Ronald White. Ronald again. That was from them kind of woodshedding this song out mm -hmm. and playing a stand-up bass on this one. Maybe one of the most important beginnings to any fucking song in history. Every time that song comes on in the hard rock, everyone just does. You hear that collective, you know, that. Yeah. And then and everybody sing. thinks they can dance. Everyone's looking at their, you, this is a song where you look at your fucking feet like shit. My feet are doing some fucking cool. I mean, I'm moving slow, but perfectly. People fucking suddenly think they can step dance. Uh, when in Louisiana, you're on a fez. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Hey, I'm from Shreveport. Uh, I was just wondering if y'all have mentioned uh, James Burton in this conversation at all, the guitar player. He's from down here. Oh, yeah, I mean, another fantastic. He's played with everyone, you know, Dale Hawkins. Um, yeah. Elvis, Elvis. obviously. Uh, Ricky Nelson. Kind of invented the rockabilly solo. That was right. his that original sound that was part of, of that. going off. Sick. Um, well, here's Josh, New Mexico. You're my fez. 
Hey, Ronnie, Earl. I just want to know where Earl ranked this guy. He's more of a studio musician. And he's just multi, multi-talented. He plays on any type of music. His name's uh, Anthony Cumia. I mean, any song that comes on, he gets a slide through, and he can just jump right in well, there it is, without missing a beat. It is true. I mean, there's a thing about Anthony. And then here's the other thing. No one's ever seen his eyes because it's always sunglasses. So he comes in real hip. He lays it down. Then he splits. Someone says he lives out on Long Island, but I don't even know. That's just a rumor. Likes his guns. Mm. <laughs> don't make you a bad person. Um, Scott, you're in my Hello. Yeah. Um, the name Pino, that's P uh, as in Paul, Paladino. You know what? Uh, that might have been the name instead of Jaco now. No, it, it, now, I'm, now I'm fucking wondering. No, Pino. Well, Pino. Yeah, sorry about what? that. Uh, Pino has been in like so many things in the '80s uh, that you probably never even knew he was on. I don't know if, how many people actually know him. Plus, uh, someone just mentioned uh, John Mayer trio. He was on recently. All right, give us all the stuff that he's Pino? done. Because I know he didn't. Good. Pino. He's played with Jeff Beck, um, Mayer. He's been playing a lot with like uh, with D'Angelo, Common. He's kind of. Graduate into like that whole neo soul hip hop thing. Now, when you say even Jeff Beck, that's almost like the fucking. And now you can play with anybody <laughs> who hates bass players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's been known to kick out bass players. He's like, Pino's this this is the dude here. No, but another guy. He just missed my list. He was actually on it, and then I took it off. Out of what spite? No, no, <laughs> no. just hate white people. No, say it, say it just no, once. I won't say it. Earl, this Sunday night. Uh, it's a one-hour sit-down um, with John Irving, where we spend an hour talking about writing novels. Looks like he and I might be writing something. What? Um, I don't know 100%, but there's a little clip up on the iBank. Fez and Hicks haven't wanted to play it today, so I haven't mentioned it. But i got to get a plug king in my life. Used to be you for me, Earl. Sometimes we're watching, we don't even fucking turn up the volume today. But... The clip is up there on the iBank. Check it out. Very, very John, bright guy. You and Ron, you and John Irving on a collaborate. Um, it would be great if we do something together. Finally, a lot of people have been asking. Look, what's the story? Do you even have anything? I'm gonna let him handle or... most of that shit. Oh, all right. I don't want to come up with the title. What are you thinking about? Maybe the ending. Well, he writes the last line of his novel first, Earl. The last line of his novel is the first thing that he writes. And then he works his way backwards. It's kind of like is Pulp that crazy Fiction. shit? <laughs> yeah, he jumps around like Pulp Fiction style. <laughs> Although Pulp Fiction starts with the end. Um, yes, Jaco Pastorius got sent to us. Yes, anyone who ever lived in Miami... Has heard Jaco Pastoria stories. <laughs> Believe me, I've been with guys who are like this. You know, <laughs> let me tell you Jaco's stories. Because he ended up, as great as he was, almost homeless towards the end of his life. He would. He was here in New York. He yeah. was. He would sleep out in Washington Square Park. He always got his bases ripped off because he would. He had all his bases with him, and he would be sleeping in the park. Well, you can't do that, especially in those days. It was crazy ending to his how his life kind of spun out. Um, 
Let's go over to uh, Craig. You're on my face. Did you say Craig? Yeah, what do you got? Hey, Ryan B. Flint, Michigan. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? I wanted to, I'm going to give you two of them. Uh, Joe Osborne and uh, Carol Kay, they're both bass players. Um, they were playing with a pick at a time when uh, the equipment wasn't that good and the bass cut through better. Played on hundreds of songs through the 60s and 70s, from Carpenters to all the Monkeys tunes. Um, literally, like, soundtracks, like everything, hundreds of songs. Yeah, Carol, I think Carol Kay was part of the Wrecking Crew. You know, it's yeah, too bad absolutely. that Canada left here, the little girl. Her grandfather used to play over, like, with the Wall of Sound guys. He was a drummer and right. played. Dude, we went and looked him up one day. It's like it's a million fucking deal. records. Yeah, <laughs> like a million records he played on. Yeah, like, uh, there's a Wrecking Crew documentary that's done. It's finished. Um, one of the, the kids of the uh, Wrecking Crew, they shot it. and You know, it's all edited. The movie is having trouble getting released because they can't get all the clearances on all the songs they played on. It's it costs too much. Um, let's go over to uh, John. John, you're on Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah. Uh, a really good bass player that probably not a lot of people have heard of, uh, Roscoe Beck. He's played a lot with Eric Johnson, and he's one of the most phenomenal session players that I've ever seen playing bass. All right. Uh, you know him at all? Yeah, I mean, I know Eric Johnson, but I don't know, again, I don't know the particular players in his band. But the, um... Uh, John, you're in Fez. Hey there, Ronnie B. Um, what about Randy Jackson? I mean, was he always popular in music or not till after the Journey album? I don't think he ever was really known for that. And even his Journey time was post... What we consider he, he was uh, he was basically a strictly for high. He didn't yeah. write. He didn't produce. I mean, basically, he was handpicked by Steve Perry. But that was even kind of post famous journey, right? Like that was wasn't like the, for their that big. Was, that was the beginning. The beginning of the yeah. end of that phase of journey because he again Steve Perry basically kicked out all the core guys and brought in all these session guys. Eighty six was when he joined the journey. Mm. Thanks. Eighty six to what? 87. Thank you. And yet he fucking drops that thing. You know what I mean? He's like, I was injured. He's like, yeah. no, you were hired for injured. Right. It's stop acting like he's, he's dropping it like it was Vietnam. Like, yeah. you don't fucking understand. I saw the fucking shit with Journey. All when everything was coming down. I'll never forget the review for that album. Was, I think it was called Raised on Radio. I remember Pablo Guzman. He goes, he goes, he holds up the album cover. He goes, Raised on Radio. This is the new album by Journey. He goes, this is about the only thing it's good for. And he flings it across the room. We fling it into the street. Jeez. Rough. Uh, what do you have as your uh, next one, Earl? Um, another ridiculously underrated guy, Marv Tarplin. He was Smokey Robinson's right-hand man in, in on all of those recordings. Mm -hmm. Wrote all the riffs, and Smokey would write songs based on the riffs that Marv Tarplin wrote. And how is he not getting writing credit? He did. He well, actually he did. did. He actually, uh, Smokey was, he was good that way. I mean, he, yeah, Smokey's a good man. He wrote, I mean, co-wrote Cruisin', co-wrote Going to a Go-Go, co um, Tracks of My Tears. Well, even didn't Chuck always had that. Chuck Berry had a guy who... Johnny, another guy, yeah. Johnny Johnson. He was, now, would Johnny Johnson be considered a session guy, or was he just a sideman? Um, Not that that's a bad thing. But, I think he would be more sideman. And he co-wrote so many of those great Chuck Berry songs, which, here's the thing. When Chuck Berry dies, then the world's going to celebrate him. All these years they've ignored him. The day he dies, we celebrate. He's taking it for granted. 
Little Richard, when he dies, we're all going to act like he was fantastic and we love his music. The Killer. All these guys are still oh, fucking alive. Jesus, don't say the killer. <laughs> you know, we're doing that, you know, we've done that stuff up in um, in Harlem at the Apollo, and they're always like, who could be next? I go, you realize all the guys that started rock and roll are still alive. And if we could put together one kind of old school Alan Freed show, it would be the coolest fucking night ever. <laughs> People lose their shit, and but and they're like they're not popular now. They'd bring every like fucking other any like young musician out. They would all they play would with all them. fucking love it. They yeah. fucking flock to it. Questlove would be up there in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> Just have Questlove in the roots play with all those guys. Be sick. Shit, would, I gotta get that job down the hall. I'd be so good at it. <laughs> Little Richard's still alive. Jerry Lee Lewis, Chuck, Fats Domino, still alive, still I, playing. All of these guys. If we had those fucking four. The core four. <laughs> what about the Honey Don't guys? He's still fucking alive. What oh, was his name? Uh, uh, Carl Perkins is yeah. dead. Damn, I, I had a gig for him. <laughs> Carl Perkins was almost more country than he was rock and roll. He's, yeah. You know, and I know you got to have a foot in each thing. Um, by the way, check this out. It's new up on the IB wire. I hate to slow it down, but... A kid has been thrown out of school for shaving a radio host uh, thing into his head. Look at that. Give me the big picture. Now, I don't know who this radio host is, but he seems awful familiar to me. And I know he does a weekend show. It's 7 p.m. on Saturdays. Do you do his podcast with him? Yes, on Wednesdays. <laughs> I'll never be invited to the podcast. Maybe the Sunday. Night show. You're, you're invited to the podcast. Well, you guys are invited to the Saturday night show for a Saturday night show. Come to the, to the podcast. It's right over the Times Square. I would love to. I've signed a fucking exclusive right now with Sam. Wait, wait it's exclusive with Sam. So you can't go anywhere else. Would you be willing to do the Davy Mac thing in your head? I don't know if I want a man's face on my head. I feel like Quado's coming out of my back of my skull. Love Dave. Do you? Yes. Um, Brian and Raleigh, you're on my face. Just wanted to bring up to Earl, what about basically every member of the band Toto, like Steve Lukather and all that? Because those guys started out playing with you know Steely Dan and Boz Skaggs, and then they just formed their own band and had huge hits. Yeah, we we mentioned that I call them the Picaro brothers. Steve, I think it's yeah. Jeff and Steve Picaro. Yeah, fantastic band. Yeah, it's one of those things that because their songs were so poppy and all, you know, that they didn't get respect, but they were always respected as musicians. No, absolutely. And, the, and their name was ridiculously bad. <laughs> Toto was just an awful name. It's the uncoolest band yeah. name. Band name. Um, why don't you play a little bit of the John Irving? I know you guys don't like to plug. You like to keep it down. And I don't blame you for it. Mm -hmm. But this is going to be mm -hmm. Sunday night. I'm just going to play a little clip of this guy talking. It's, it's kind of amazing have the chance of somebody of his caliber to uh join us here. This is gonna be this is Sunday night. Ten PM. Ten PM uh John Irving. John Irving. If there weren't a part of a, a novel that kind of depressed me in advance that 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 made me regret that I was writing this book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe I wouldn't want to write it in the first place. Maybe I would think, well, what are you doing it for then? If if there isn't that part of the story that you hope never happens to you, 
or to anyone you love, if there isn't that element in the story that you uh, are sincerely hoping, oh, don't let this happen to me or to anyone I care about, well, why are you writing it then? If there isn't that element, if there isn't something in it that absolutely terrifies you, that frightens you, and you wish like how you could protect everyone you cared about from, well, what are you in it for? Mm -hmm. What are you doing it for? It was a really, really cool experience. <laughs> and I know, Earl, you always tell me you don't read. You only listen to music, but I still, I think you might use this. You can't read. I can read. Very well. Are you sure, Earl? Thank you. <laughs> You're in the ruling class now. <laughs> what? Did we get that pizza from uh, Staten Island today? No, no pizza from Staten Island today. What are we doing then? How are we celebrating? <sighs> Where are the sandwiches coming from? Astoria? I was going to say... Earl, can you, you stay for lunch? Send, there's no lunch. I was going to send Annie, but... I don't like the idea of her uh, traveling like that. She'll be fine. She travels the express bus. That's probably more dangerous than the train to Astoria. Oh, I can't do it. <sighs> Shit. She's like if the the show ever had a daughter. And I don't want to be raised like a masshole. <laughs> she's, not, she's no masshole. She's going to shut your boy Pips down. Pips, do your research this weekend. Don't even tell him again. I don't, you and I have to stay out of this now. Because I know you'll, you'll cheat for him. <laughs> I ain't cheating. You don't cheat just on this contest, but you also cheat on your girlfriend. No, I cheat nowhere. Fair and square. Hmm. Uh, Josh, you're in the run of the show. What's up, guys? I got two for the list. Uh, started off as awesome special players and then became even bigger and better. Um, Chet Atkins, number one, I think is a greatest guitar player that ever lived, and Booker T and the MGs, all their work that they did with the Stax record label, Steve Crawford and Duck Dunn, those guys are just amazing. Yeah. Um, my A, let me just say this. My father would agree 100% on Chad Atkins. <laughs> my father was crazy about Chad Atkins. What's well, not to be crazy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you have his title, what was that? It was like Chad Atkins, CGP. Like, what does that mean? Certified guitar player. <laughs> it was just... There was such an air of class to it. Right. <laughs> it was just like a step above everybody else. Uh-oh, good news for you, Hicks. Yes. The chick oh. is on the line. Let's make some money. Listen, I'm sorry for uh, raining your parade, Earl. I know you're talking about something else, but <laughs> I just wanted to fucking apologize to these guys for my gemologist pick in the derby. It's terrible. No, oh. no offense, Fez. Awful. But that's the last time I'm betting on an openly gay horse. That's the last time I'm touting <laughs> a gay horse. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. damn. No offense taken. All right. Plenty. Listen, uh, I'm a little rattled. I've been weaning myself off an eight-year ambient habit over the last sure. two months. So if I'm a little bit rattled, uh, just, you know, bear with me. Sure. And the undercard in the Chick Lang, almost like, you know, it's. I think it's uh, race seven or eight or whatever. It, race six at uh, Pimlico, the Chick Lang, 12 to 1 shot. This is for you, uh, Pepper. All right, give it to me. Scarmagna. I think that's how you say the name. You know, I got this crazy angle with my horse betting that, you know, when in doubt, pick the S horse, and it's the only sure. S horse in the race. All right? So that's a crazy that's angle. So strong right? about that's it. An that's ambient angle. Fucking and then in the Preakness, I want you guys and your listeners 
to jump on this fucking horse with both feet. So okay. no one can make any money. If Creative <laughs> cause. Everybody's talking about this horse. He's over the top. He's been flown back to California, back to here. He was quiet after the derby. He looks like he's fucking sick. But the th- there's two things I like about this horse. Number one, he's mixed breed like I am. My father's Mexican. My mother's a South Philly Polak. Mm. This horse's father, Causeway, was black, and his mother was half white and half black. So this is like a mixed breed horse. Sure, three quarters. Earl, you might even like this fucking horse. Right. It's like what Earl tells us. He has some Apache in his background. Sure. Second of all, I plan on being fucking rip-roaringly loaded. Mm -hmm. And before the race, I'm going to be completely obnoxious because I'm going to take a little couple of hits of some medical marijuana somebody laid on me. I'm not even sure if I have a good time with it or I'm having a heart attack. But be that as it may, I'm going to take a couple of hits of that, come in. This horse is a creative cause. The initials are CC. That's right, CC Rider, creative cause, (laughs) what you have done now. I'm going to be blasting this in the jukebox. Probably get thrown see, out of the fucking place, but I don't care. See, my, question, my question to you, my question to you, Earl, which one should I dig out of the jute box? Which version? Elvis, the animals, or go with Mitch? I'm on bitch for me, Earl. I'm gonna go Elvis just for pure camp. You don't wanna fucking Bruce it up though, you know, Bruce covered this too. Now I'll stay with Elvis. I'm I'm Mitch. All right, so I'm going to dig out the. I'll dig out both of them. And yeah. Let's see if you know. Hopefully, I won't get thrown out before the second one comes on. And uh, you got, you know, you know where I'll be on my second Abbey place. I'm not going to fucking name it again and stuff. You know where it's going to be. If anybody wants to stop down, Fez. I think there's a couple of closeted gay guys that I hang out with and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm sure they love to meet you. And my, hey, a fashion statement for you, Fez. Yes. Which shirt should I wear? Should I go with my "Thank You, Baby Jesus" T-shirt tomorrow? Or my retro free Martha T-shirt. I go with the Martha. All right, so I'm going with the Martha. Go with Creative Cost tomorrow, guys. You won't. CC Riders got it all, baby. We got it. Great, this is a lock. Uh, Maybe I'll give you a call uh, tomorrow, Pepper. If I'm not too banged up on your show. All right, right? great. Yeah. Just about getting ready for that three o'clock snack. Oh, mm. it's gonna be a strong one today. Here's the exciting news: bartenders. Oh, hot bartenders. Love hot bartender.
break this lock. CC. Creative cause. CC Rider, baby. It's all I've ever needed. There ain't gonna be no fucking triple crown winner this year because the fucking creative cause is gonna fuck it all up. Good luck next year, assholes. Everybody's gonna make some fucking money. Right, three o'clock snack already up. I like to get my vote in early, and I've had a tendency to go to lower right-hand corner. I've noticed that. Um, can't help it. There's a great underass there, but already, first glance, I'm divided between two. Uh, that's two one in the blue shirt, light blue shirt. Uh, very very pretty. Oh yeah. But I'm still gonna go with one two. A uh, girl just basically behind the bar. It's bent over. Yeah, just bent over, ready to take it. Isn't it fun to serve drinks? <laughs> and fuck me. Hot bartenders. Man, there's even a good one here with assless chaps. That looks like it's Daytona. <laughs> if it ain't Daytona, it might be Key West. Oh, lots What of are you Asians. picking? I like this Asian girl right here. This is good. That's second row, second picture, second row. You do like your Asian girls. Those chaps, those aren't the chaps. No. What about the uh, rock girl wearing her outlaw thing and that shitty fucking hat? <laughs> Seems a little small, that hat. Yeah, well, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> I thought that's that was like Brett a... Michaels. There you go. The rock and roll hat. Thanks for giving me the name, Fezzy. Pop it, lock it, and send it home. Put it in the fucking pocket, lock it, boom. It is the uh, Ron and Fez show. The 3 o'clock snack is up here. Earl, no black girls. Have you noticed there's some racism? Yeah, I was like, uh, wait, any, any, no, nothing. Um, but that Brett Michaels girl could win that based on uh, cleavage alone. She's coming on strong. Hmm. Nothing for you, world. Are you going to make a pick? You don't like any of that, huh? Come on. What do you like? What do you like, dog? Black guys like Asians, right? Yeah, you like Asians. Yeah. There you go. That's you. They make great babies. All women make babies. Black Asian babies are the most cutest babies ever. You sound like a pedophile. No. There was a black Asian guy in my school. I think, you know, like maybe like a Korea or Vietnam thing. And he's like a mom that his dad brought back. Yeah. And you know what the black kids called him? What? Chink. That was hey. just his nickname. I'm not even making it up. They would be like, Chink, can I get something from you? I'd be like, damn. I know black people are racist, but I guess they are. Black, black. black. You like that? And then I say to the black kids, it's cool. I said, I'm here to be your white leader. <laughs> like it was Tarzan or something. <laughs> How they Worship me as a god. They didn't know. Oh, it's their problem. Well... They got around to liking me when I had herb for sale. High end. <laughs> Product. Yeah. 
Roll some of those tiny fucking joints. Uh, already, right off the bat, uh, my my girl's in second place, but in or my light uh, girl's in second place. Um, my other girl. Wow, this is really going quick. But two four. Yeah. Is doing very very well. The outlaw. The outlaw Josie Wales. I think this could be a tight one. Three o'clock snack. Try to get on these things immediately and get your vote going. Jump on that shit. Earl, you did a great job today. Thank you, Ron. That was very, very strong. And yes, you're Tough list. Have, yeah. Well, five's too hard. <laughs> Only five. That's all you got. Well, guess who's happy? Rorschach's happy today. Oh, Thank God, great. Rorschach. Because oh. every day all we want to do is please you. Rorschach's happy. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Care for all it's fucking shit's expensive. All right, hey. no one can even see that. He knocked the fucking mic down. No, it's, no, seriously, no. So much. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> pretty cool. Today's fight. They got to bring that back. It's uh, my girl and against your guy Pips on Monday. Yep, that's right. What songs been used the most in movies ever? Stay on the iBank today. And uh, become one of it. That's our show prep. So make sure you hang around over there. Send some stuff, and then you'll hear it on the air later. And then you can say to your chick, like, I got some stuff on the air today. Look, I feel good. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this bartender's thing's blowing up. Borjak uh, put it best. Two favorite things, asses and drinks. That's right, Rorschach. You get what you want. You can always get what you want. The Rolling Stones are wrong. Right here at Dick's Sporting Goods, you can always get what you want. I want Sporting Goods, though. <laughs> oh. Well, this thing is really evening out fast. Everybody's got votes. Everybody I like that. got votes. I like all these ladies that get some fucking love. Oh, wait. Silver Skirt didn't get any. Yeah, because <laughs> she looks like... Wow, she's very cheap looking, but I thought a lot of dudes would go for it because she looks like a pro cheerleader. She looks like a Chargers cheerleader. Uh, this weekend, um, Saturday night, join Fed Watley as he... Live comments, the last Saturday Night Live of the year. Mick Jagger, baby. Goodbye to Kristen Wiig and... Sandberg. Sandberg and Sudeikis. They're all going to be hitting the road. And it looks like it could turn into... Could this be a Rolling Stones reunion? <gasps> could possibly happen. That'd be dope. Um, and then, of course, Sunday night, your chance to listen to me do an hour... With John Irving is pretty uh, amazing. It's Mainly on his part, not mine. But yeah. I was just glad to be sitting next to him. It's fantastic. It's 10 p.m. this Sunday. You turned out to be Plug King. Fez didn't plug his stuff at all today. You you won one nothing by actually half to nothing. Oops, what's this? Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.
This has been the Ron and Fez Show. If you missed any or all of it, or you crave the comfort of listening to sounds that are familiar to you, that'll bring you back to your childhood earlier today, check out the Ron and Fez replay. Weekdays at 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Pacific. XM 105, Sirius 206. The Open Anthony Channel.